Okay, sing it, man. Sing it. We're alive now. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping I was going to catch you. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Rule Zero. It is my turn to host. I am Rolo Tomasi, in case you were wondering who all the people are today as soon as I turn this goddamn thing down. Okay, there we go. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm Rolo. This is uh, Rule Zero. Uh, we've got with me today, I've got Ryan Stone. I've got Carl from Black Label Logic. Jonathan from Modern Life Dating should come on at some point. He's probably sleeping right now. He has been working extra hours with respect to what it is he does with his... his uh, his online job, I guess. He's been um, he's been on that Twitch show. What's it called? Gone Doc or something like that. Oh man! And uh, the shrillest yeah. show in the manosphere. He, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if if you're looking for respectability in the manosphere, that's not your show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I like that show a lot. But I and I can see like the the um, I can see the appeal for like the younger generation kind of thing, but I can only, I can only take it in measured doses because like the, if, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's a show where they get like three and well, no, actually anywhere between like four and 12 people on there. And they're usually um, some of these girls who are just like, I don't want to, for lack of a better term, they're just cam girls. I'll try to be nice about that. Um, <laughs> but most of them are between like, say like 18 and about 24 years old. And then they get guys on there too. And they interact with each other. And apparently, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the model is they get the guys on there. And at any point, if you want to boot anybody off of that show, it costs you like 50 bucks to boot them off. And if you want to yeah. bring them back on, it costs 75 bucks. And then the guy will bring them back in. And then they talk about like, they talk about, um, I don't know, intersectional they even have topics. <laughs> they, yeah, well, sometimes they do like the guy who's the host. I can't remember the dude's name, but like they, um, uh, he, he has a, a list of topics, but usually he's just like letting guys like, uh, run. Well, really guys are trying to run game on the girls that are on there. And Jonathan goes in there and just dominates and he's like a, a really dominant personality on those. And you could see the difference between like a guy like Jonathan and some of these other guys who are just, they, they try to run beta game. They try to run like, kind of like uh, identify with her, um, you know, her, you know, identify with the feminine kind of game. And they want to be on team woman. Whereas he's like, he pushes back against that obviously. And the women really respond positively to him and these other guys and these kids, these guys are kids to me. Like these guys are anywhere between like, say 20, what 21 and like 28 somewhere around i think it was a guy who was 29 and john's like the oldest guy that's on there and so he's running this game and it's just it's fascinating to watch because you see this younger generation of guys who think that what they're doing or what they're what they're saying is going to resonate with these girls and the girls just aren't having it and then when when jonathan pushes against that and he's sort of like the purple cow in the herd of in the herd of cows the women just like respond to him very, very positively. And even if it's like they're, even if they respond negatively, he's getting a rise out of them and it just sucks all the oxygen out of the whole conversation because they're all paying attention to him. And so I don't know, I don't know what he's doing right now, but uh, he's probably sleeping that off right now. So anyways, guys, um, should we just jump into it or do you want to, let's, let's just do a quick, a really quick round table and see what everybody's doing right now. Ryan, I know you guys just got done with red mornings. Um, and then also 
I wanted to cover some current affairs, but today's topic, by the way, so for anybody who knows before we jump in, um, we're going to talk about just do it, like the importance of putting um, the red pill, the red pill theory into practice. And I don't think that we've ever really covered this topic in depth before. And this is something that Carl came up with as far as the topic is concerned. So I'm going to let him sort of take the lead on that. But um, just so you guys know, that's what we're we're after today. We want to want to find ways to to put things into practice and understand why it's important to put them into practice. And then also aspects and areas of your life that the red pill and red pill theory and, and understanding intersexual dynamics, how that affects not just your interpersonal relationships with, with women, but like your interpersonal relationships with like family, coworkers, that kind of stuff, but putting things into practice. So that's where we're going to start today. But Ryan, what do you got going on, man? Yeah, I'm straight. It is busy, man. I'm working as much as John, just not with us, not shrieking. Uh, 7,000 words. It started off with just a very flippant tweet on how boundary enforcement was better than vetting. And a lot of traditional conservative wannabe Norman Rockwell types got their panties in a bunch. So I thought, I'm going to explore this because clearly it's hitting a nerve. Mm. So 7,000 words later, I came up with a nice little seven point listicle as to why vetting a woman for marriage is a waste of time and boundaries are better. Mm -hmm. Video, essay, that, and then another one with Carl. I've been sick half this week, and so these things are just a huge slog, but I do it for you guys. And now gin and tonic has got to be one of the best throat-soothing things I've ever had. Hey, man, it's like a lozenge. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I said, I'm so busy pumping out content, I don't have enough time to market for it. So just stick around, watch the channels, and keep up if I you can. I thought that that vetting conversation was really interesting because it showed to me the the i don't know investment i guess that, that 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 kind of mindset has when it comes to um you know understand i'm not saying that you know vetting isn't important of course it's important but like just to say that you if, even if you like challenge the idea of vetting like it's oh it's yeah, against it's, somebody's ego it's against somebody's ego or it's, you're it's, telling you a guy know, he doesn't know what he's doing even right, if he doesn't or or here's this they didn't know what they were doing when they made the decision to get involved with the person that they are involved with right now. Mm -hmm. And I've always said this is like vetting is a good, good idea. And we're going to do, we're going to end up doing a, an episode of this with like with rich, right? I think oh, yeah. rich, when the next time rich comes on, we'll do the vetting episode. Um, Cause rich and I have talked about this before you know, what do you look, what are you looking for in a woman? Right? Like, okay, well what I'm looking for in, in a woman at 28 years old is not going to be, who that person is when they're 38 years old and people say well yeah of course but th i think what what they want to believe is that character and personality remains at least somewhat static in a way and yeah, that'd be nice <laughs> yeah that'd be great if that was the way it worked out um and there, there's plenty of divorced dudes who you know think that she turned on him or that something changed in her and they grew apart or something like that and so like vetting is important yes but just marginally important take, I would take it with a grain of salt like do your best i'm not saying don't do your best you do but take it with a grain of salt uh carl what's going on well my stance on the old vetting discussion to do that i think it's a good thing but my main question that i also brought up in red morning if you spend two years vetting a girl you're so invested in her like what odds are there that you'll be like nope gotta dump this chick she's obviously too crazy it's never gonna happen and you know i i'm a big fan of actually getting to it because i this whole vetting thing it's just inventing vernacular 
to make something that's common sense sound scientific. Because what you're doing is you're getting to know the person. And the whole idea is you should get to know the person you're thinking of getting into a relationship with, whether that's business, whether that's personal, whether it's sexual, no matter what. But in the end, that's going to give you the starting point. And like if the guy is, let's say he's 20 years old when he starts vetting this girl, and he's 22 when he finishes, and then they move in together. Then they buy a house together. Then she pops out a couple of kids. Then parents start dying off. Grandparents start dying off. You start having medical problems. You start having financial issues, work issues. All of these are things that are catalysts to change a person's personality and traits. And even if you look at something like schizophrenia, uh, that usually doesn't start to full break out, I think, until around 25. So, and same with a lot of congenital diseases. So a lot of the things you did in your vetting when the girl was 23 are going to be completely out the window when it, when you're 38 and have been together for like 15 years. So yeah, should you get to know the person? Sure. Should you be confident that I vetted this girl for 12 months She's going to remain like this forever. So it brings me back to that old, old, old adage, like uh, men marry women expecting them to never change and women marry men expecting them to change. Mm. So that's uh, now what I've been doing. Well, I've been ranting about the manosphere as I've uh, done the last three weeks. And I think I'm going to (laughs) keep... And for the uh, foreseeable future, because quite frankly, you guys keep giving me so much fucking material, it's insane. It's like, whenever I'm like, like most Sundays I sit down and me and Ryan discuss the topic for next week, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to write a rant about this. And, you know, like clockwork by Wednesday, someone says some dumb shit on Twitter, and I'm like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could easily do five minutes just on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can't penetrate yourself, Carl, how do you expect to penetrate the web? <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did a um I did a couple of things this week. I did a um uh, I got a new essay out that I I probably should have published it a little earlier in the week, but I published it on Friday and it's called uh, Heirs of the Blank Slate. And I've I've been meaning to sort of develop this uh, as an idea for a while now, it's been sitting in my drafts folder and I finally got around to, to actually fleshing it out a little bit more. Um, I'm presently reading, um, the blank slate by, um, by Steven Pinker. Uh, and so obviously that's sort of helping me along with that. But, uh, I think it's interesting that in the manosphere, we tend to overlook this investment that that a feminine primary society has in the blank slate and a lot of social justice a lot of feminism a lot of blue pill thinking a lot of uh, uh, just what we take for granted when we're when we're discussing you know even women who aren't necessarily feminists they have been brought up in this understanding or this this acculturation of feminist ideals or feminist ideas and where do those come from well they depend on the idea of a blank slate yeah, so garbage when, in, garbage out. So when people like hit me up and they'll like, here, I'm sure you guys have seen this, and this is why I wrote this 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 essay. Really, um, I'm almost I'm almost considering doing a follow up for it, but um, 
when a guy when when you when you say women are hypergamous, women will say not all guys are hy or not all women are hypergamous, and you know some guys are hypergamous too, or guys or or they'll try to qualify it. They'll try to say, um, you know, well, if men do it too, men, ooh, 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 men do it too, and oh, and they do it, and they do it worse. Yeah, <laughs> and they do. What's that? It's like hypogamy. Oh, hypogamy. Yeah, yeah. That's that was yeah hypogamy. Yeah. Well, that's that's another way of sort of reverse engineering your decisions, like when it comes to vetting and stuff, right? So let's I just, that was useless. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like we believe that there if there's uh, if there's if something's true, particularly when it comes to gender, if something's true for one sex, then there has to be an equal and opposite reaction for the other sex, and that is absolutely false. Okay, men. We'll 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 talk all day long about how men and women are different. I can show you article after article about how our brain structures are different, how our endocrinology is different, our, <coughs> you know, everything about us, different. Like, our, our, our mental firmware is different, our evolved natures, like what our, our mating strategy is different, and people will agree with you all day long until you say something that like rubs them the wrong way and then their automatic response to it is, well, if, if it's good for the goose, then it's good for the gander. It's like, no. You just said a minute ago that men and women are different. Now, why are you trying to, to say now suddenly that they're all the same? Well, the reason you are is because you have an ego investment that depends on men and women being the same. Men and women being functional equals, and they are not functional equals. Only in the good things, in the bad things. Only, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so exactly. So if I go and I say, well, you know, women are more predisposed to have a better facility they have a higher proclivity for communication subcommunications and they do i mean if you look at the way that women's women's brains are wired we can see that they're they have a much easier time with language they have much they tweet more they talk more they they you know we, we talk about the differences between communication styles how women are interested in the feels and men are interested in the information that's actually a, a part of our our makeup how we're how we're made up if i say something like that women go oh yeah <laughs> You know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're better at talking, you know, we know, you know, we know you guys, we have feminine intuition, blah, 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 blah. And then I go, okay, well, women are hypergamous. Only women are hypergamous. And this, it, it's all about, you know, alpha seed and beta need. Then they lose their minds. No, no, men are hypogamous too, or what, you know, all this other crap. And so I'm, I'm writing about that that propensity for us to want to find balance like human, <coughs> human beings want to find symmetry that's why we find symmetry you know a, a balance we want to we want to when we're looking at things that we consider beautiful they have symmetry to them they have a, a an inner balance whether that's um you know something like when we're listening to music you know we're looking for harmony we don't want an off note um when we're looking at faces that we think are beautiful usually they're symmetrical um that kind of stuff it's the same same idea is that we we presume that there's symmetry even when there's not symmetry because human beings are really good at pattern recognition um so i was exploring that a little bit because i'm getting sick and tired of guys coming up to me and saying like um you know uh they they, they tow that same line they tow the idea that um that we're different right up until a point where something just rubs them the wrong way and now they want everybody to be the same and I, I also jump into a little bit of, about um, how uh, we presume, uh, like the blank slate is also very dependent on, um, on social construction. So when we say gender is a social construct, but yet we want, when we transition a child from one sex to another, we always go to the binary. Well, why wouldn't you go to one of the other 68 some odd genders you say exist? Right? Why does she have to be a boy or a girl? Why can't she be like a Zer or a Z or whatever the hell you made up right
why why not that um because there is an idea that we're all the same that everybody's just born as this blank slate and so whatever we put on that slate um whether that's social or you know it's nature versus nurture whatever we put on on that blank canvas then that's what exists and it's just a 100% horseshit and it's provable horseshit and now we're still in an age where we should say you know what let's move on things are different men and women are different but yet we still return to that blank slate when when something you know challenges our ego investment so i did that um the other thing i did is um i went and did an interview with john hawkins and it is now available um if you check my twitter feed you will find the links um i did it it's an audio it's a it's a podcast it's an all audio podcast that i did with with john and um i covered some of the misconceptions that are being floated around in the manosphere right now um i didn't talk about anything that you know anything that happened back in june i'm just saying that i i'm seeing a lot of deliberate misdirections misconceptions that are being uh you know fomented i guess in in the manosphere right now and so we talked about those for a bit and i like doing those i've i've written posts where i try to address the most common misconceptions but i also understand that people are going to just believe whatever the fuck they want to believe anyways so um it's annoying so isn't it for as yeah well i i feel like i have to do that like every like year and a half or so because we we see this come back in cycles and people will say well all those red pill guys they've never written anything about or they've never they've never discussed anything about x y and z i and love then, those but i pull out an article I, you or somebody did from like 2000 yeah, yeah we started then, that out a decade back <laughs> exactly I, well i mean these are discussed i've been doing this for a long ass time so guess what the, the, it would probably behoove you to go and look either through my blog or even through so suave or even through like any of the old you know seduction blogs um anybody who is is writing in the sphere right now go and check that out before you start making claims that that no one's ever ever discussed this or nobody's nobody ever discusses marriage in the in the get the fuck out of here okay <laughs> i mean go and look and so it feels like i gotta hold people's hands right okay okay come over here john here's here's where i did it over here you know, and here's the links and they get pissed off. Well, you just want to get traffic for your website. I'm like, dude, at this point, do you really think that I'm trying to get tra traffic for my website? But anyway, so I, I cover some of those misconceptions. Um, go and check that out if you if you are interested in what those actually well, are. It's one of those things though, Rolo. I think you're a little bit uh, jokingly blue-pilled when it comes to men, because a lot of the time when these guys put out these things like, uh, Oh, they never talk about love in the manosphere. They never mm -hmm. talk about marriage. No one's ever addressed how important it is to vet your wife's uh, MBTI. <laughs> then usually, they're not they're not doing that as a conclusion. They're doing it as a setup to a punchline. Right. And it's very easy to see it when when you when you've been a comic because you, you get the whole okay, they're doing that setup so they can deliver the punchline, but here is my product, here is my perspective, here is my niche. So it's just pure marketing, and I don't debate on Twitter for good reason, and that's because, well, debating on Twitter is like fucking in a canoe. I mean, in, yeah. you're pretty risky that something's going to go to shit there. So yeah, yeah. I, it, and it's, it's just marketing, and that's why I kind of did that. Like, I put out of like I always love it when someone says something on Twitter and you throw like a flipping joke back at him. 
and you get like a 14 uh, tweet thread back against you. Mm -hmm. That's like my favorite thing. And that just happens because you point, you poked at something that's true and they have no logical defense. So mm -hmm. they just have to attack. And if you start to parse these Twitter feeds in terms of ethos, pathos, and logos, you start to be able to tell that there's no thinking or no content behind this. It's mm -hmm. all about creating those feel goods. Yep. So guys don't even have to do anything. It's just like, well, I signed up for coaching with this uh, guy who's going to realign my chakras and call me a faggot for 300 bucks an hour. So now I'm doing something about the fact that my wife hasn't touched my penis in 18 years. <laughs> they're not going to do any real work, but they're going to sit there and have that testicular cancer meeting with the uh, coach ABZ. And they feel like they're making a difference. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like what you said about that when it comes to Twitter. It's not a platform on which you're going to actually convince anybody of anything. It's just for people to just sort of sound off and, 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 and yeah, you're right, feel good about themselves. I think what's interesting is like when, when you see that setup and then you get that thread of, of posts that come after that, it's, it, you can clearly see that whoever, I'm not naming names, you can clearly see that whoever um, what it is who's posting that thread had that on on tap, right? They wrote it out in a, a blog post or they wrote it out um, before they were going to, you know, tweet it out. And I think it's it's interesting to see the people who believe that Twitter is actually a platform on which you're going to change anybody's mind about anything or you're going to actually make some sort of, you know, real sociological impact because you put out a 14, you know, tweet thread about something it's like why why not just simply go have your blog why not just go simply you know you got all you got all the time in the world you can really flesh out your ideas and everything else why are you putting this on twitter and i think the why tells more about the person than anything else it's, it's not like i haven't done threads but it's like i do threads if i do a thread it's just because that's sort of a stream of consciousness not in, not me copy and pasting things oh yeah it's toilet time i love it yeah <laughs> No, but if I do threads on Twitter, it's usually because I have an idea that's not long enough or comprehensive enough to put in a blog post, but that I still think will have some value if presented. And then, like most of the guys who follow my Twitter know, like 50% of my content is just me shitting on people or making jokes. And that's kind of my favorite. One of my favorite things on Twitter is when you post jokes and guys take them as being serious mm -hmm. and they start explaining to you why that is. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, I kind of imagine Jerry Seinfeld on stage, like what's the deal with airplane peanuts and some guy going up on stage to grab the mic and be like, well, you know, Jerry, the reason we have airplane peanuts and they're packed in those little bags that are paid in the ass to open is because under FDA regulations, you can only serve peanuts in airtight containers. And if you're going to, take them up to 30,000 feet, then the peanuts have to be packed in an individually wrapped way so they don't rub too close together and risk getting, getting into the instrument. I mean, what, what the fuck's wrong with you, Jerry? Oh, Are my vagina's drying up right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Let's move on to our topic for today. Oh, by the way, hit the like button. If you have not subscribed to my channel or any of these fine gentlemen's channel, please do, except Carl doesn't have a channel. 
Um, so you know what? Go follow Carl on Black Label Logic on Twitter, and you can be the subject of his vicious tweets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the first thing, though, about those tweets is whenever I put them out, I see who likes them and I see who shares them in DMs. Like, this was an awesome tweet. Please keep bashing on this guy. Uh -huh. and it's like no one ever tweets anything in support. It's just so funny to see. Like, I, I loved it when you went after this guy. I, you know, what gets me, and I've, I always break this rule, and I, I, I just grit my teeth every time I do. But my rule is never to use like allegory or metaphor on, certainly not on Twitter, or even in some of my posts. Or I try to 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 balance that in my posts, although I I do get a little prosaic sometimes. Um, because the first thing that happens is there'll be some literalist autistic guy that's like, well, you know, that's not really an apt metaphor because, you know, the moon's not actually made out of, out of Swiss cheese. It's made out of moon rock. And let me tell you, I studied moon rock from the time I was five years old to where I am right now. And I'm a moon rockologist and, you know, and just go into this the longest diatribe about like why that's why, why that's something not that's a metaphor accurate. is not exactly the same as the thing it describes i know so ridiculous. Oh, oh hey we got john yay good we got you before we started the main topic hey hey Sorry about that. are you awake are you okay i just i passed out <laughs> i woke up you've been working overtime man i have been oh, all the time with you guys cool well to cool. be fair though john i mean you kind of had a great chance of doing something there but you insulted the guy on Twitch that obviously had a fantastic coke hookup. I mean, that yeah. would have powered you right through another three weeks of body language mastery. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked a little bit about your your Twitch uh, show. Was this called Gone Doc or some shit like that? And so uh, I was what on is that all about like like just get and uh, let's let's keep this short because we need to get into the topic. But go ahead. So no, basically I was on two Twitch shows. Um, actually, I I had this planned out just because I, I feel like there's such a good market to reach out to on Twitch. So there's two shows. There's a show which is called The Gone Doc Show, G-O-N-E-D-O-C. And The Gone Doc Show uh, filters uh, contestants who go on the Raj Patel Show, which is like one of the largest shows on Twitch has like anywhere between 20 to 30,000 live stream viewers. And I just went on there and I just didn't think, I mean, Twitch is just really a, a like beta male economy 101. Yes. It's, 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 <laughs> it's blue pill dudes um, worshiping. Honestly, Twitch is the land of six and sevens. Like these girls, like if you're a super, super ultra hot girl, you're not like, <coughs> you know, slaving away on Twitch for a couple grand a month like you know you're you're in dubai you're in you're doing something with some high-end dudes so you get all these chicks that are like sixes and sevens which god bless them whatever and uh but they have like these overinflated egos because they live in this echo chamber of like beta males white knights who are just constantly constantly uh reaffirming everything they do with money and attention and so they say a lot of stupid things. And I, you know, I'm a guy who, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm okay financially and I don't need to come in there and supplicate to anybody. And obviously I'm ultra red pill. So I just come in there and I just started basically like when they would say some stupid shit, I would call them out on that, call them out on it and then just make fun of them. And 
I was an immediate hit. Like after one show, they've been calling me to come back, come back and come back. And nobody uh, really has the gall to stand up to some of these chicks. And what's funny is some of these girls, like this one chick, like was really attacking me saying I'm, you know, typical the, reading the SJW script, you know, you're a chauvinist, you're a, a bad guy, whatever. And she has like a little bit of a gap in between her teeth. And I was just, listen, I said, you know, listen, you need to chill out before I park a car between that gap in your teeth, right? Everybody <laughs> laughed at her. She's like, you're such a jerk, whatever. Turns out she lives in Orlando and I'm going to be in Orlando August 31st for my meetup. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be in Orlando August 31st. I told her the next day, I was like, we should meet up sometime. She's like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm, I would look forward to meeting you. So it's just funny to see in real life uh, the breakdowns of it. And then, you know, Rolo actually came on my yeah. show and we did a, 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 a an actual in-life breakdown of me just basically – it's social dominance 101. I, I walk into the show, and I just took over the whole thing, and everybody – I was the center of attention, and I was controlling everything. A good demonstration of amused mastery, but um, mm. overall, it's it's been a very interesting situation. Interesting thing to to see happen, and uh, the guys loved it. Rollo, the guys are like begging me, like come break yeah, back. Rollo, I gotta go do it. I gotta far. do that again. You know, it's funny. It's like whenever I do breakdowns like that, I did a um, I did a breakdown of this video, and I forget the name of the show, but it was like a dating kind of show where they put put people together, and and I was doing it was like one of the most popular videos I did was this breakdown of just saying what was happening like sort of a play-by-play -play. like it was a john madden of the red pill right i'm telling you like the, the breakdown of the play-by-play -play. and i was just kind of doing the same thing with you it would be really cool to do a show that is dedicated to just like breakdowns like that so you can see what's happening in the moment because i think that's really useful for guys and that's kind of like what i wanted to get into today um understanding how things work in practice um and why it's important to put the, that red pill knowledge into practice. So like when I was on uh, with with Jonathan and he was just showing you, I didn't see those videos prior to me coming on with you. You just, you kind of just fed me those things as we, we kind of had to sort of like gimp our way through it too, because um, because of the audio uh, issues and all that stuff. But like, I'm so, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to this, I'm watching what's going on. I'm looking at the body language. I'm looking at the, um, uh, you know, seeing where where the conversation is going, where it began, where it's going, and um, and and sort of giving like this real in real life uh, play by play of what's going on. But I think that that's really useful to guys because guys always want to know what do I do. Like we were talking when we had um we had Rich on. When we were talking with Rich last was it last week? We were talking with Rich. And Rich yeah. was just kind of like he's kind of over the idea of like teaching guys how to get girls. How do I how do I get girls? How do I you yeah. know how do I talk to a girl? And and yeah, it's one thing to have a lot of theory, and it's a one thing to understand the red pill if you read my book. And you can read my book four times over and and read all the other ones and get into the the blog post and read everybody in the manosphere. But if you're not out there actually using that or trying to incorporate it into your daily life, and I think a lot of guys sort of do that naturally, but they don't do it intentionally. And that's where I, where I wanted to go with this today is like, what are your intentions? Like how are, what, what is, obviously you want to live a better life. Obviously you would like to, to go from whatever position that you find yourself in life right now to some other position. Usually the guys that get into the red pill are doing so because they're sexless. They want, I'm a, I'm a 26 year old virgin. How do I talk to girls? I've, I've answered that, that call and that email so many times 
that it's like obviously there's there's a need for this obviously there's guys who they understand this stuff but they just don't know how to implement it they don't know how to put it into practice and a lot of times it's just going out there and doing that and that's why you're that that show or like the, that we were doing it, yeah. i think is kind of useful because it puts um you know puts things in perspective like here's how you can do these things um i think yeah. a lot of guys don't don't do this because they're afraid of what the response is or they they don't they go in there too invested in the outcome and people always say well you got to be yeah. outcome independent i don't think anybody's really outcome independent but you can be more independent than you are not so i i, I think maybe uh that's where we ought to start today carl what what did what exactly did you want to uh, relate as far as the topic's concerned today? Well, to piggyback and plug our Red Morning, we did our Red Morning today on mental point of origin and perfection. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of doing that is a lot of this whole thing with vetting, with dating and so on, it's to build yourself a sample size so you can actually make good judgments. And a lot of the time that requires figuring out, you know, what kind of girl do you want? Because a lot of guys have this idealized idea of, this is the girl I want. I want the manic pixie dream girl. I want the California surfer girl. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're Indian, that the California surfer girl is some kind of holy grail in that culture that I don't get. But I, I get it. She has good boobs and vagin, so I get it. But anyway, the whole point was, you have to actually get out there and start dating some girls and practicing this. And then once you get some rejection or you get some success you can go back and you can build on that and what you're doing is you're building preferences by falsification because when you're going out there and you're dating a girl and when you decide to dump her or not see her again you've kind of decided that i don't like this part of her or she's great like this but i don't like this and over time you build up a very large reference library of what your preferences are and that can actually be, if you're doing vetting, um, that will be the values that you're vetting for. If you like feminine girls, okay, you've dealt with some masculine women or some domineering women. So now you have the idea of how to identify them early on. Do you, do you prefer starfish cutie sex two times a month? Or do you want sex more often with a little bit more enthusiasm? And really hit home because I have a couple of girls who like to uh, slide into my DMs on Twitter. And one shared like a statement a friend of hers had made on Facebook, where it was like, I just want like a cute nerd who has no prior experience with having sex. It's like, why would she want that? Well, because if you're not having sex right now, and you start getting starfish cutie sex twice a month, you think you won the freaking lottery. Like, if you've never gotten any attention from a woman and suddenly you start getting attention from, you know, a dumpy single mom with Ada Tyrone's kids, that's your train coming in for your beta game. So for me, the whole thing with doing it is just reality testing, which was a subject of my last essay, because you can sit in your basement or your living room or your attic or whatever for years and just come up with theory after theory after theory. But sooner or later, you're going to have to get into that experimental side mm -hmm. and ideally sooner, because once you start putting it to practice, then you start seeing, will this work? And it was a major freaking problem back in the uh, seduction forum days, because you had these uh, 
guys who would sit at home and they'd come up with these extremely complicated, complex routines that they'd start to push everyone towards using. And in theory, they made perfect sense. The only problem was the routine lasted for like 45 minutes and there was no one who could get through that without actually uh, either screwing it up or having the girl just turn and walk away. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, it doesn't matter what I say, what you say, what Ryan says, what John says, if it doesn't create an effect in your real life, it's not worth anything. No, I've always said, I've always said that, that red pill is a theory and game is a practice. And I'm using the term game in a very loose definition here because game for me like obviously i'm not out there trying to pick up chicks and take them home and bang them okay that can be game for for a guy but game can also be you know <laughs> the game can also be working with a female boss yes i saw your your tweet jesse thanks for that um or your your super chat jess um but yeah, uh, I mean, running game is actually the, using putting that that knowledge and that awareness into practice. And I have, I mean, I mean, for lack of a better term, I have used game with my mom, right? So that I know that who she is as as a woman, as a you know, as the the mother of me and my brother. Um, what that that sort of colors my my understanding of who she is as a person right now. Um, I've always wanted to do this too. Is like I've 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 always wanted to do a show dedicated to like how the red pill has changed your perception of your family, and like what who your dad is as a as a man and who your mom is as a woman and how that came to affect you, um, you know, becoming blue pill and then becoming red pill and then understanding and seeing it sort of from the outside in instead of from the inside out now, um, but there's there's so many different applications for red pill awareness that have nothing to do with you know getting involved with a chick um but i mean of course you can do that but getting out there and doing it and, and understanding it is one thing but interacting like enforcing your will based on that knowledge is something i think that's is it's really difficult for guys is they 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 need to find that impetus they need to find something that actually kicks them in the ass to go and do something like when you are in a crisis situation when you are in a trauma you probably are going to be less likely to go and try to experiment with things or if you're comfortable you're going to be very you're going to be not want to rock the boat most guys who are married who become awakened while married they're afraid to experiment because they think if i don't if i don't do what i've been doing or if i if i rock the boat if i upset her or whatever then i'm not that she's going to hold out on me and then i'm going to pay the price for that or maybe she'll leave me if i if i tried i've, I've had so many guys say this if i ever tried any of that stuff you guys talk about in game um those girls would not have anything to do with me and yet here we are we're looking at like john doing exactly that kind of stuff and what's the reaction john the reaction is these these girls coming on to them and and reacting positively to those to exactly that. So here you have like sort of concept and proof of concept. And sometimes guys need that proof of concept to see it like actually working. But then they don't believe that they could actually pick could could actually do something about it. It's not just that. It's all but about if, like your relationship is held together by a mean word and that's the only thing there. Maybe it needs to die. Yeah. I think yeah, guys, I, guys are afraid to experiment. Go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to literally say what you said. Like, guys are just, like, dating and understanding female nature. Okay, look, I know everybody here worships the red pill subreddit and all these things. But, like, look, 
I didn't read all that stuff to learn my hardcore game. You know how I went on my, I, how I learned all this? I went on a fuckload of dates. I've been on more than 500 dates with 500 women. And guess what? I got rejected more than 60% of the time. That is why I have a ruthless game. That is why I can walk into any social setting and be completely comfortable with myself because I, I know exactly what is going down. And you're not going to acquire this data from reading books. You're not going to acquire this data from doing courses. You're not going to acquire this data from YouTube, okay? For most of you guys who are like saying like, oh, well, I'm, I'm studying right now and I'm acquiring information right now. Then I'm going to go I'm out. I'm in monk and, mode. Know, yeah. No. You're full of shit, okay? Somebody's got to call you out on it. If you want to get the raw, hardcore skill of dating – you need to go out and you need to talk to women. You need to interact with women. You need to get out there and collect the infield experience because that's the only place you will ever get it. You got to do the work. Son. Getting up there. I could say son now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of the uh, same thing with like the whole video games teaches guys to be school shooters. It teaches them tactics. Mm. No, it doesn't. I mean, the first guy you shoot a gun, that feeling of recoil, it's, you have to get that practical experience under your belt because that gives you another level to the theory. Because just knowing the theory, is it's better than not knowing the theory. But you have to be able to practice it somewhat. Because like the worst thing I see is when you get advice from someone who obviously hasn't done any practice like ryan said the, earlier on rules on uh, red morning like if a guy talks about getting a girl's phone number in 2019 i know he's full of shit because no one has number no one number closes anymore you get their instagram or you get their snap or their messenger or whatever else and you know that's just how it happens or the uh, krauser had some epic uh call out blog posts for day gamers for this uh questionable looking guy was putting up numbers that no one could ever have like he had like oh i've been in ukraine for uh seven days i banged nine chicks and four of them were virgins it's like no that's obviously a lie and having that real world experience also allows you to tell when someone is full of shit because if you but you can easily spot not to repeat our uh, red morning but you can easily spot when a guy has been active in the business world for a time because they know the tribal language. You can tell if someone is a musician because they know the tribal language or someone is military. So you kind of start to notice when someone has learned the tribal language of the red pill, but haven't put any of it into practice. And unfortunately we do have a few guys like that who either they haven't read the theory, they've learned to parrot the language and are using that as a marketing strategy or you have guys who have learned the theory, but they've never put it into practice, and now they are teaching others. And it's very unfortunate because you're not getting a complete picture from anyone. Right. And being able to tell that, getting that experience under your belt teaches you to tell real from fake. It's uh, like uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels is a guy called Terrence Pop, and he had a great point. It's one thing to go to the range and shoot at targets, it will teach you to shoot at targets. It's a completely different ball game when the targets are shooting back. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I was going to say is that they're, I mean, for the very longest time, particularly back in the early 2000s, when all game was, was guys going out there and, and collecting data. Essentially, that's what they were doing. I mean, they wanted to get laid, right? But they were collecting data and they were bringing it back and they were, you know, aggregating all of these experiences and all of this data to understand why things were working and why things weren't working. And so you get mystery method and you get, you get RSD and you get all these other guys. And really, that is, if you want to know where the theory came from in the first place, you have to go to the practice. And guys don't like this when I say this, but like, if it weren't for PUA, you would not have the red pill. If it weren't for PUA, you would not have um, MGTOW, you would not have MRAs, you would not have all this stuff like where, where guys are coming out and they're just sort of offshoots of this because they were using those that data set to to build something else. I mean, that's why I got into writing the red pills because I was, I saw these guys going out there in the field. I'm already out in the field because I work in the field and I'm watching this and I'm, I'm, I'm always been kind of like a student of human nature anyways. And I like to, I like to people watch. I like to see what's going on. I like to understand sub communications. Like when I can't even hear a conversation, I'm watching a guy trying to pick up a girl at like say a promo or something like that. I can see what's going on be just because of the body language and you know, like feet, you know, where, where are their feet aimed? You know, well, uh, who's got the, the, the back to who, you know, that kind of stuff. When you look at the body language that goes along with that and then what these guys wear, you don't even have to hear the conversation. You can just see this and observe it in the wild and see what's going on. You can but, see like who's supplicating to who as exactly. well. Exactly. And, right? and you want to know, like when, when I went on, when, when I went on with you and we, we did the play by play, uh, John, um, the reason I know that is because I've seen it happen so often. Yeah. that I can see, I can tell where that's going or when I'm listening to the vocal intonations of that, like that one cute little blonde girl who was like all into you, I could tell how she's like demurring to you, but she's not to those other guys. And it's yeah. not even what she's saying, it's how she's saying it and how she's directing her, you know, say, well, she's directing her chi, you know, or her energy or something, whatever you want to call that. She's directing that to you in one fashion she's directing her conversation to other guys in another fashion well yes. how do we understand that we have to be out there and do that and i've got a uh, one of the reasons i put buffers is one of the key chapters in the first book is because even back in the early 2000s i saw guys starting to put um but well, really buffers between themselves and rejection. And that's the hardest part. I think a lot of guys, that's a first element. I think most guys need to overcome is this fear of rejection and Pook all had the, the, the almighty Pook from back in the day had this great saying, and it was rejection is better than regret. Yes. So yes. if you, if you go out there and you do it, it's better to have gone out there and fell flat on your face than to stay at home, jerk off and read books about how you should, you know, interact with girls. You have to go out there and you have to get that infield experience. You and have there, to understand. There's, there, there's one guy in the chat right now, Matthias saying that like, oh, mm -hmm. 600 dates, what a waste of time. But listen, idiot. All right. <laughs> the thing is this, okay. This, this interpretation of understanding like as terrible as i'm about to use this real social dynamics like understanding <laughs> real social dynamics understanding like body language who's supplicating to who who's really in charge this carries over into the corporate world this carries over to the sales room floor this carries over to the point when you're about to get a car when you can like if you know mm -hmm. the because if anybody's gonna go buy a car you know they're gonna screw you but if you have game and understanding of this and and understanding of like 
you know, human communication, which you acquire from paying attention on these dates, you can literally create businesses where you're printing money. You can, I mean, look at me. I went on that show. Do you know how long, you know, that Raj Patel show, do you know how hard it is to get on that show, Rolo? It is one of the hardest shows to get on. And I just got confirmed right now that I'll be back on the show uh, today at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard oh, Time. Oh, nice, nice. But they want me back on the big one, the one with 20,000 viewers. So I'll, ha I'll have to, and, I'll have to be in your, I'll have to be your pit crew for that one. I'll do it, man. And I'm ready. 600, and even if 600 is too much, that's the whole point of these guys writing the stuff down. So maybe you only have to do 200 and then mm -hmm. read up like a mother. How well, you spend your time is however you want to spend your time, but the number can't be zero. Right. Well, I've always, it, we I've, always agree said, there. I've always said it's not a numbers game so much as it is a persistence game. Because yeah. like I tell guys this all the time. It's like you guys say, well, you know, if, if it was such a great deal, then why does it take 600 approaches to get one positive response? It's like, no, that's not how it works. What it is is it's a persistence game. It's going out there and consistently doing it. Like if you me, went why do to, I have the, to go to medical school uh, for eight years and I only are get you, a okay, degree here's, once. <laughs> here's the thing. If you went to the gym and you wanted to increase your, your bench pressing or something like that, do you go to the gym for like two hours and just do nothing but bench pressing? I'm just going to do this until as many of these things as I possibly can and then I'm going to expect my my chest to grow. Probably not. You're going to want to go there the next you're going to have to have a, a, a time where you're, you take some downtime. You're going to have to go back. You're going to have to learn how to do the lift. You're going to have to learn and, and you have to come back and you have to persistently come back the next day. Do it again. Come back the next day. Do it again. So it's a persistency as the same thing with with uh, when it comes to dating and when it comes to understanding women. Like I tell guys this, I said, don't go out there and spam approaches because a lot of guys think that that's the answer. So just go out there and just say and, and approach 100 women tonight. No, 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 no. Approach one woman every Friday night or one woman every Saturday night and do that every weekend for a year and you will have done 52 approaches. And of course, learn from those. Hopefully, some of those are successful. If they're not, oh well, your learning is better. To, your rejection is better than regret. But you're out there and you're doing it and you're doing it consistently and persistently. And at the end of that year, you will have done 52 approaches, which is more approaches than the average beta chump does in a lifetime. So if you're out there and you're actually doing that and you're persistent about it and you're learning about it, just keep at it. I think what guys do is they they like when I talk to when I see these guys on something like pickup artist hate or sluthate.com or like these guys that just like have this seething hatred for for pickup artists. And I guess I can understand why because it didn't work for them and it wasn't the the magic it wasn't the cheat codes that they were hoping to get. But they don't understand that it takes time. You don't just automatically, nobody just, if you walk into a dojo, they don't just strap a black belt on you and go, okay, you know, jump in the ring with this other black belt. They don't do that. You have to, you have to learn your chops and you have to get out there and you have to practice it. And you have to, and it's not just going out there and saying, hey, baby, you know, and throwing pickup lines and stuff like that. It's understanding and it's a process. And it doesn't have to be all consuming or life consuming. But you do have to go out there and you do have to do it and you have to take that chance. Most guys don't get past the point where they won't take that chance. They don't give themselves permission to experiment. They don't go out there, you know, with nothing to lose. That's the thing with with guys who are who are awakened, well married. They feel like they have something to lose. Or if they've got a girlfriend and it's like, my girlfriend's not having sex with me anymore. Well, you better change something up. You better figure out something because otherwise you're going to either break up with her or you're going to live in this miserable state for a while. What are you going to do to change that? Well, I don't know if I do it. She won't. She might break up with you know that kind of stuff. See, that is indicative of me to like a scarcity mentality. 
personality, which is something that we got to go work on over here. Now I'm, I'm fearful of rejection. Oh, Hey, my, my text game is great. Okay. What about your in-person game? How, how great is that? Like I get guys, and I'm sure you guys get this too from from uh, either on Twitter or maybe guys who are hitting me up for like a counseling session. They will send me screenshots of their interactions with with their girlfriend or with a girl that they think that they like, or they'll show me like some Tinder exchange and say, oh, "Was I beta? Was I beta doing this?" And it's like, dude. You're, the fact that you have this as your buffer, like this is the, the, the thing that's keeping you from actually having a face-to-face -face conversation with somebody, that's the, that's the problem that you need to work on right now. Not whether or not you were alpha or beta or whatever the hell you think you were talking to this girl, it's you actually setting something up. Like when I talk to guys about like their, their you know, awesome text game or something like that, I tell them, okay, did you actually meet this person? Did you actually set up a date? Did I think that I think that when we're talking about like buffers such as like texting, when we're talking about that, it's it's should that like I'm not saying you shouldn't text girls, don't use emojis, but I don't think you, that you know you've got it. It's a modern world, right? But I think all of that needs to be directed towards setting up an in-person, face-to-face meeting with that person because guys will tell you this all the time. It's particularly MGTOWs and particularly black pill guys. They'll be like. Well, you know, look at this Tinder exchange. She only wants the hot guys. She only wants guys with the six-pack abs. She only wants guys that are, you know, you, you can't get past the physical side of things to even get to that point. Well, that's what you need to understand. That's your limitations. Fine. You need to be able to put yourself into a situation where you can practice it. Where are you going? Are you going out? Where what are you doing socially? Most of the guys that I counsel, particularly guys who are divorced guys, their first problem is they think, okay, well, I'm divorced now. I really want to get another girlfriend or I want to get a wife or I want to, you know, I want to remarry or something like that. These guys don't even have a social circle. They don't even have a group of guys that they hang out with, much less like they could be, you know, talking to women in a social situation. So, you know, unless you're very extroverted and unless you're very, you know, um, you know, socially intelligent, I guess, um, you're 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 not going to hit just hit the ground running after something like that. You have to go out there and you have to practice it and you have to initiate things on your own. I can't believe guys don't want to do the in real life thing. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's and that should be your preference. I would say. Well, that should be your, it's that's easy. The goal. Listen, it's easy to sit there and type on the keyboard and be like, "I'm king of the alphas. I'm the man. Whatever." But it takes a real man to suit up, hit the gym, create the good body, create the good financial life and get out there in the real world, talk to a girl and negotiate via game, having sex with her and doing it again and again and again. It's extremely even, hard. Yeah, it's I'm not extreme. even going that far, John. I'm just saying, well, it, if you want to sleep with girls, you have to talk to them, like you have to get them in front of you. So if yeah, you're texting and, it, it, and not even going for it, it's like, what are you wasting your time for a pen pal? <laughs> it's super it's super hard. It's super hard to cultivate the lifestyle to be like a super pimp. But even if you want to just be a guy who just sleeps with one girl uh, one new girl a week it's it's very hard and it's very easy to sit there in the chat and be like oh i don't need to approach 600 women I don't, it's a waste of time whatever all that is is ego protection at the end of the day there's so the reason guys like me get so much ass is because the majority of guys are cowards and they do not want to do the necessary thing to get game which is stepping up and approaching women what is she gonna do is she gonna shank you like, what are you so afraid of? <laughs> like, is, what, what is she, are you afraid of a little girl? Go to the gym. Uh, Carl's right there, man. Yeah. 
did or like i mean here's and the other thing is this is like you don't you have to you have to have that in exchange like i can remember when we first started um when i was was writing for so suave there was this thing called the dj bible and the dj was not disc jockey it was it was uh the don juan bible we used to, that was what we used to call an alpha or a player or whatever he was a don juan right <clears throat> so we call him a dj and in that this the dj bible was a uh, a, a series of, of posts that were collected. I think you can probably, I think I might even have a link to it on my, my sidebar on the rational mail. Um, but it was a series of, of things that you could do and put into practice um, in your daily life that would at least benefit you in a social sense. Like most of the time, like the, the thing that we started with was making eye contact. Like if you're in, if you were a guy at college, instead of like walking around with your head down and just, you know, you know, doing your own thing and, you know, looking at your, looking at your phone or whatever, they encouraged you to make eye contact with people that you're just walking down, you're know, walking through the quad or whatever you're, you're walking down the street, you're going to, to, you know, and making that eye contact, making that smile, not even just like, you know, hey, I'm crazy, <sighs> you know, not, not like that, but like just that, that connection. Cause most people don't even want to make that eye contact. I just say eye contact is central to the human attack posture. That's why people don't like to make eye contact. Because if you if I'm staring at you, or if you're like, what what do what do like prize fighters do when they're doing the the weigh in thing? They just stare at each other and they're like, you know, and you just you you can tell this communication is going on and they're not saying a goddamn thing. They're just looking at each other because of that that eye contact. A lot of people don't want to make even eye contact because they're afraid it's going to be taken the wrong way or they uh, particularly for women it's like well he's staring at me you need to 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 make just these little basic things like to 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 make that to actually um to say hello to just a regular person you don't even have to it doesn't have to be some chick that you're scamming on most guys can't even get past hello they don't even want to say something they want to be isolated where they're at and that right there is a buffer and when I, I, when I talk about buffers, by the way, it's it's buffers against rejection. So a buffer could be texting. Another buffer is pornography because it's keeping you. It's a buffer against you being rejected because of, uh, pornography never – porno never says no, right? Um, uh, what was some of these other ones? Uh, and it's, uh, Twitter because you can't always go on Twitter and bang on about how great you are. Mm -hmm. so, um, I'd say Twitter is probably the, the – Twitter and the uh, – chat on youtube and youtube comments are probably the biggest buffers there are because it's the like we can talk about it in terms of relationships but you also have those buffers with conflict because a lot of guys will trash talk you and start conflict on the internet when there's no risk of them being punched in the fucking face it's the same thing more or less i mean they're doing something online with a buffer in place that they uh, can't do without that buffer. And one more thing, uh, you should try and limit your emoji use when you're texting a girl, but the smirk emoji is the biggest innovation in text game since the SMS came. I still like the 9-11 emoji. I, it's my favorite thing to say. I don't understand text messaging too well and put building, building, explosion, explosion, plane, plane, plane. Did I do this okay? <laughs> That's funny. That's good. <laughs> well, that's really good. So, uh, so, anyways, um, like, okay, here's the other thing. Just uh, to John's point, you, when you're saying you got to go out there and do 600, 1200, whatever approaches, how about this? How about you actually go out there and do 10? You know, most guys won't even do one. 
so that so that when you say 600 it seems like this impossible thing or they seem like it seems stupid like why would why on earth would i do that you know i'll put my out myself out there 600 times for rejection and maybe one or two of them will like will like me that's not a real good roi you know and they start breaking it down into as literal as many literal reasons why they don't want to go out there and do it but the fact of it still remains that you need to go out there and you need to go put the shit into practice also you don't necessarily have to be running game on girls. You can go and put it into practice where you're at work with your the, the people who you're working with. Um, does that mean you're going to go and I'm, I'm not saying you're going to go and date your coworkers. I'm just saying that you're going to use principles that you understand from red pill awareness and apply them to other aspects of your life. Maybe it's dealing with your sister. Maybe you have a female boss. Maybe you have and it doesn't even have to be female. You can you can use um red pill you know red pill awareness and game with guys who are beta guys who are there to really just sort of build you up like when i was talking with um when i was talking with john for the uh, the show was a uh, gone doc i told what was the first thing i said i said you need to learn how to use the guys who are betas around you to increase your game and then people say, well, that's kind of that's kind of dirty dealing. Yeah, it is. And you know what? They do the same thing. That one ball headed dude was what was he trying to do? He's trying to oh. amog you from the from the word go. Oh my god. I got my sign. And if you can use ever. that, you, so here's the thing. Now you're not you're not trying to pick up on this guy, but you are using your game awareness and your red pill. <laughs> Joe's mad. You can <laughs> use your um your understanding of red pill and intersexual dynamics from a from a same sex perspective and understand what it is he's trying to do and use that it's like jujitsu right you use your opponent's energy against him yes and so exactly. that's what and you're not trying to get in bed with this dude you're just using his energy to promote yourself and to push yourself on and guys say well that's that's really manipulative yeah you're damn right it's manipulative and those guys will use it against you if you don't use it against them Oh, Ryan, you're Ryan, you're muted. That was clever too. I was gonna say, and yeah, him amogging John with I'm not comfortable with how you read the public profiles of Instagram. Yeah. Things. And what did they do when I was on the Raj Patel show? You know what they're doing? They all looked up my Instagram, they all looked up a picture <laughs> with me without sunglasses, and they all passed my photo around their little community. They're all running their mouths like little 19-year-old girls. And like I talked about, it's it's female hypocrisy 101, but it was also guys doing it as well. So, I mean, of course, they're broken women. And that's the weirdest part. And walking through, imagine that. I'm not comfortable with John. Does he really think a girl's going to go, well, that's awesome? Let me suck your dick. Like, yeah. No girl's going to say that. That guy is the definition of a beta male white knight hater. If you want to see beta male white knight hater 101, I do a complete breakdown of this loser I found in real life. Uh, if you go to my channel, Modern Life Dating uh, on YouTube, and then go to episode 110. Episode 110 is titled Male Haters and Female Hypocrisy, Twitch Breakdown Part 2. It's got about 1,000 views plus on it. That that right there, you can see there's a guy named Joe. He's bald head. Um, he's jealous of my my full head of hair. But that guy right there is a, it's a complete understanding of a guy who recognizes game, recognize he doesn't have game recognizing a guy that has social dominance and seeing that he hates well, he it wants and he tries to everything game too. that's why i'm yeah. surprised you didn't just cut to the core of it like hey she still won't fuck you john 
And that's usually the easiest Joe. way to shut those down. Or Joe, whatever. <laughs> Do I really need to learn his name? Can I just call him fucking Ted? Yeah, you got to get on the train, bro. We've been saying Ho's mad and Joe's and mad. Joe's mad. Yeah, she's still I, not going to fuck him, bro. That. As soon as and you say that, that guy's on the defensive. Because that's his ultimate goal is he wants to be the guy that girls sleep with. And as soon as you say what you're doing isn't effective, he automatically, like everybody knows that's what you're not supposed to talk about. And you put it out in the open like that, it makes him very uncomfortable. Because oh, yeah. he naturally wants to argue with you saying, well, that's not why I'm doing this. And you're like, all right, then he doesn't want to sleep with you. He amogs himself at that point. That's why I love it. It's such, I want to make that hashtag go that she still won't fuck you. It's oh, so hilarious. I coined that a while ago, but John, what you should do, do you have those like print your own t-shirt places in uh, Tokyo? Uh, yeah, I, I could hunt them down. You know, surprisingly, it's very hard to get that done. It's, but well, yeah, we, I, I could have to, I'd have to fight one down. But what about it? No, it would just be great. Next time you go on, go on with a t-shirt that's hashtag she still won't fuck you on the chest. <laughs> that's right. Oh, you know, man. You know, it's now, funny. I, I, I'm looking in the the, uh, the comments here, and uh, one guy says, uh, get pickup advice from active PUAs. Duh. Yeah. Well, yeah, good idea. I'm I'm actually, and you guys can, can weigh in on this. I want to actually do a show with Troy Francis at some point. I'd like to have oh, him dude. and we talk to that guy. We had him on once. Guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Can't I wanna, say enough good things. Yeah, I want to get him on because he's actually out there in the field and he's doing this kind of stuff as well. Uh, Kyle Trouble would be another guy that I'd like to talk to as well. Um, because these are, I think that a lot of people, when we say go out there and practice, that instantly think they've got to go put on elevator boots, paint their fingernails black, and wear a big top hat and have some sort of, you know, fuzzy boa or some shit around their neck to, to go out there they, they think that that's that's still what pua is about and uh, oh, i if you want i guess i will i will say this is that is a uh, you know um uh, uh, mystery made it real easy to ridicule puas but that's still our impre our mental model of a pua is 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 mystery and that shit needs to change you know what? The guys, though, with like 30,000 Twitch followers or 110,000 Instagram account, that's no different. That's mm -hmm. just different peacocking. So the concepts yeah. hasn't changed. The only difference is what is the aviator goggles now? And it's technically John's little shades he's got. That's his aviator goggles. Mm -hmm. His top hat is the Twitch channel he was just on yelling at hoes and Joes being mad. Do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> of course you do. You, you, so you've probably read my my post. It's just called Alpha. It was one of my earliest posts that I wrote. And I used um, Corey Worthington as yes. the, oh, like yeah. that video. And remember that video where he had this, his glasses on and that little girl from the, the Australian news whatever she was a journalist or something and she she was a hot little honey too you know she wanted to get with him too you just yeah. look at the body language and and just see what she and so she's trying to tear him down she's giving him a shit test and one of those shit tests was why don't you take those glasses off and he's like no i'm not taking yeah. my glasses off he's like um, she's like sorry well, she's like why yeah she's like i'm sorry <laughs> so he goes, she's like, like why why not he goes because they're famous <laughs> you know and it's just like it was just like this in you know he wasn't like thinking about it it just that's that's why I called him the Alpha Buddha, and now he's since married some big fat girl since then. But at that point in his life, he was definitely he had he had this alpha ness that was to the point where it was Zen. It was just something that came out of him naturally. You every response he he would give you was a manifestation of his alpha ness, 
And yeah, he couldn't so, be rattled. But but that's the thing is like, look at what they tried to do to you there, John. They tried yeah. to like get you to to you know, hey, you need to be vulnerable. Take off your glasses. Why are you insecure? Are you an insecure male? You know, yep. Take off your glasses. <laughs> yep. Cut yep. your hair, Samson. You know, <laughs> they, call, they called me bald too. I was like, dude, I shaved my head because of going insanely like busy with the webinar schedule for body language mastery. Uh -huh. It's not like uh, my hair's falling out, but that's what it's funny. Like. Uh, even, you know, I have a bad problem. I mean, well, not necessarily a problem. I'm the oldest of my, my siblings. So I have like this natural dominance about me mm -hmm. and I, I even on these guys show, I just come in and I kind of take over <laughs> and I, I kind of don't even realize I'm doing it. And then they have to kind of like, they get to the point. If, if a guy ever gets to the point in an interaction with you socially, where he has to insult you or he has to, uh, physically threat you know that you have already cucked that guy and they both had like i mean i didn't mean to do it to the host i just naturally do it but they were like hey baldy hey idiot shut the fuck up i'm talking here and like they had to like establish dominance on their show again yeah. which it is their platform and i respect those guys 100 <laughs> percent god i know it's like they and, and it's like a pissing contest too it's like who's gonna pee on the terror yeah this is my territory Dude, it was the guys used to Most hang outside in. the bar with their uh souped up ford focuses and their fart can exhaust systems bragging about who had the best one. Meanwhile, the girls are in the bar with the guys. Mm. Hated that. The competition amongst guys that don't matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that a lot of people's inactivity is, first of all, they're kind of like lulled into this idea that they're going to in some way change their life by just sitting around and discussing this stuff. And I get criticized from the very earliest time I got criticized for this because people say, well, Rolo's just theory. That's all he talks about is just theory. He's not out there. And here, I, while at the same time, the reason I'm coming to this theory and the reason I'm, I'm developing the ideas I do is because I'm out there in the field and I'm seeing this happen. Now, I'm not picking up on girls, but I'm seeing other guys do this. I'm watching this happen. I would be, I would probably be, if I wanted to make like a lot of money, I could like farm out my services as being like a wingman for guys. Like I did with, with, uh, with John there. It's like kind of like the pit crew and I can say, see what's going on and I can sort of give you ideas as, as things are I, I would make a very good wingman i think for guys right now oh i'm ready yeah i'm ready <laughs> yeah i mean you and i were, were we were technically doing that live like well while i was listening and god he's like i can't listen for very long and man because that, Rolo, that just that, see, that vocal fry is just oh <laughs> you see who is listening into like one of those top MGTOW guys was that the lfa guy he was in the show watching mm -hmm. and i want to i don't want to stress this so i had some technical difficulties and it was me holding a bluetooth speaker with like a 15 second delay of Rolo watching the clips and everything despite all the technical difficulties we had over a hundred plus live viewers like the content was so good because literally i didn't show the like wasn't pre-scripted nothing i literally just like blindly brought Rolo in he analyzed these clips and like the the depth of knowledge to see like what you have and confirming that game does work in real life or even on a digital video game streaming platform like no matter <laughs> where you are game does work yeah and now I look mean, at, and and consider this like yeah the platform itself is like here i am analyzing the the exchanges that you're having with these girls in the sky now imagine you're in field imagine you're out at a club imagine you're you don't even have to be at a club maybe you're just at a company dinner or something like that maybe you're just you know you're, you're in some sort of social situation that's you know i don't i hate to I hate 
to think that people would think that I'm always like this super analytical, you know, I'm watching it. Like I'm, I'm like Jane Goodall or Diane Fossey, like gorillas in the mist when it comes to like watching human. Now the human male is going to go after the human. Such an now he's, he's displaying. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Well, when I, when I'm out there, I'm looking at, like I said, I'm just sort of like a student of human nature as it is. Anyways, when I'm looking at this, it's, it's, you know, feeding into ideas and maybe I'll write some notes about, but I'm not like, I'm not like out there constantly picking things apart, but I think that probably people think that that's all I do is that I just want to, like, you can't have like a natural uh, conversation with me or something like that. No, really it's okay. <laughs> um, so I, I think what, what do you guys think is the, the main hangup that guys have when it comes to going out there besides reject. I mean, we've already talked about a fear of rejection. Um, oh, beyond that, what do fear you of success? What, I got it. it. Fear of success. Do you think so? I, I think, think it's Ryan, more no, Ryan's right for sure. Go ahead. My bad, Ryan. I, go ahead, yeah, Ryan. no, no, it's the same thing. Guys are so worried. Like, well, what if this works? Then what do I do? And they're worried. They don't have those training wheels. Hmm. So if you say, go and approach these girls, try these things, give them a couple basic tools. Okay. Then what? So they're actually more worried if it succeeds because then they won't know where to go because they're clueless. They're just following. And that's why they love those instructions. Tell me, list from one to 100, how do I go from making eye contact to how many thrusts do I do at the end of the night? <laughs> yeah, what's my finishing move? <laughs> and if they don't have a perfect 100% foolproof bubble wrapped way of articulating the entire conversation that makes logical sense in an illogical world, because people are, Carl said it before, relationships are messy. People are messy, sometimes irrational, but for the most part, predictable. If they can't quantify that with computer algorithm accuracy, don't even want to start because heaven forbid you have to improvise or think yourself, think something up on the fly that might work or might not. Mm, yeah, well, I'm going want... to jump in with the, my thing here just because I think it's the antithesis of what Ryan said because I think they're deathly, many men, are deathly scared about feedback from reality on their actual value. It's it's very uh, easy. Burden performance. Yeah. Well, people will build themselves up like they'll they'll never do any kind of higher education, but they think that they're smarter than professors who spent their whole life studying. They never approach a girl, but they think they have more rock solid game than a guy who's approached five hundred. They've never actually done any of the work and if they went out and did something in the world they would get hard feedback on their actual value which is very valuable because it allows themselves to go back and start rebuilding themselves into a more valuable version but without that you can sit there in your little delusion bubble and just be like i'm the smartest guy ever i've got gorilla pimp game well have you ever produced any intellectual content? No, but I can post Nietzsche quotes on fucking Twitter all day. <laughs> and it's a way of kind of building themselves up as this giant. And then in reality, it's the Wizard of Oz. It's like, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. And it's because the way I see it, that the more success humanity has had as a species, it correlates very strongly with how reality-oriented we are. The closer our perception of reality aligns with reality, the more successful we are at influencing reality in the direction we want it to go. Hmm. And the more delusional we are about reality, the more our society falls down because we lose our ability to actually manipulate our environment. And that's all game really is. It's all any of this is, is your ability as a man 
to influence reality in the direction you want reality to go. And that gets somewhat philosophical, I know, and it's um, a complex topic, but if you look at it, the gym is the perfect metaphor. You can go into the gym, you can lift, and you can transform the reality of your body. And how well you're able to do that is reflective of how well aligned your perception of what it takes to change your body is with the reality of what it takes. You can't do three bench presses and expect to grow a chest like the priest. Mm. And ultimately, I think that's the major hang-up that most men have is just that they're not scared of success. They're deathly scared of being less valuable than they built themselves up to be in their mind. I'll just say this too, a reason why guys don't go for it is because um, they just got too much ego. They have too much pride and it kind of ties into what Carl said, like they cannot tolerate rejection and they rather, a guy would rather sit down and rationalize his entire shitty existence than actually critically analyze himself and make the proper adjustments in order to live the life that he wants to live. And that's why when guys like us four do it, there is nothing but a bounty of riches, sexually, financially, the whole nine yards, because so few people are willing to do the work. If I may quote our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And <laughs> Get to work, and boy, oh boy, you'll eat till you're fat, boys. I'm telling you. I think a lot. Amen. Of guys, I think <laughs> some, sometimes, sometimes it's it's guys having to flush out this old way of thinking about things, because when you when you understand, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, when you understand the red pill, when you understand intersexual dynamics, it goes. It's counterintuitive to what you've been taught for a very long time. So if you're a little boy and you're five years old and you're all of your female teachers and your mom and your sister and, and Disney and everybody else has said, girls are one way, girls are like this. If you identify with them, if you support them, if you are sensitive to their needs, if you're a good listener, if you're, if you, if you put women and woman, a woman and women kind on the pedestal and you are there to be their ally and to uplift them and to all of this bullshit, all this blue pill bullshit, okay? All this stuff. And then suddenly you realize that you're on, you know, you've been, guys find the red pill because of a crisis, right? They usually find it because they want to get their girlfriend back or they did something wrong or else maybe they're just simply still virgins at 26 years old. Um, and then they, they sort of do that, that evaluation and wondering why it is what they're doing isn't working. And then along comes Rolla Tomasi and he says, you should do it this way or try, have you thought of this? Maybe women aren't exactly the way that you've been led to believe for like half of your life right now. Maybe you should try this. There's that, there's that instinct because when you've, when you've been conditioned to that understanding about women and intersexual dynamics of the blue pill way for so long, saying something like that is like, it's, it's like saying, you know, God is dead, right? It's like saying that this, like Santa Claus is, is, is not, well, you are. It's the yeah. woman of Wollendorf. That's the ancient fertility yeah. figure. So, That's exactly yeah, so what they, they're worshiping. They want to believe that women are one way when you show them. I think that's one, like when we talk about like the, um, the five stages of unplugging, which are the five stages of grief, it's the reason that it's, you know, dealing with like the, the stages of grief are all about death or like accepting your own mortality. Like, like guys who get, a, um, uh, 
a death sentence, basically. The guys are saying, well, you know, you only have six months to live, sir. And then, so you go through those those stages. And the last one, of course, is acceptance. But some of those are like denial. And mm -hmm. and you, you're resistant to understanding what's going on. And the reason for that is because the the personality that you have built up for yourself till the time you're 26 years old and you're still a virgin is is the product of all of that blue pill conditioning. And so when somebody comes along and says, no, women are actually like this, first of all, you're gonna resist that. You're gonna say, oh, well, that Rolo guy, he's just a misogynist, He's not that stuff really doesn't work. And then when they see that it is actually working, when they see it happen in real time, like on, on the show there, um, that's when they kind of have to stand up and take notice. And they have to, like suddenly they're, their perfect ideal of women is like is shattered for them. So they have oh, to start they blame it on low quality women. Well, exactly. Oh, so say, that broken. was the next that was the next step. The next step is disqualify those those results. Disqualify them because they because there was something that was wrong. There was mitigating factors. She's damaged. Um, you're doing that because you're manipulative and she's naive. You're, uh, there's there's something that's uh, that happened along the way that that they wanted to find some way to to disqualify what it is that you just did that worked and then when you constantly repeat that over and over and over again then they make that into okay those are low quality women these are high quality women she has low self-esteem she has high self-esteem and so they want to find ways to force fit their blue pill conditioned ideals into the results that you show them through game through red pill awareness that kind of stuff and so then they have to get past that disqualification point point where it's like okay you will only get what you have gotten if you keep doing what you have done and so these guys keep going back to the same thing over and over and over again and they they can get results something i'm not saying that blue pill guys don't get laid they do but they're not getting laid in the way that they would like to they're not getting laid with the women that they would like to they're not having relationships with women that in the way that they would like to, um, because they are still resistant to understanding the nature of men and women. And so when when you consider that and you say, and now they're at, the, just say that the, you know these guys are at that position now where they're past the disqualification, they're past the conditioning. Now they kind of have to fight against that that subconscious. Um, you know, resistance that they would have, like like when you um. Like I don't know about you guys, but I would I've never bungee jumped, but I will tell you right now, if you put a bungee jump or a bungee cord on me and you put me on like the edge of a bridge, I would be hesitant to throw myself off the end of that bridge, even though the bungee you know, I see people do it all the time and it looks like a whole lot of fun. I'll never I would, do that shit. I would yeah, I know. Or <laughs> skydiving or something that is like inherently dangerous to you. You're you have that visceral survival like holy shit i might do this are you out of your fucking mind like i you know i Dude, i don't even like standing near the window of a tall building feel like yeah, it's gonna or, suck me out well, you know some people like have a fear of heights i don't have a fear of heights but like i i because i know if, if i'm in control and i can look down and everything I'm, I'm cool but like if they're saying okay jump <laughs> then yeah you're gonna have so so getting over that part like we have to um human beings are naturally averse to conflict. We don't want to be in situations where the potential for like physical harm is actually a reality. So we have to train ourselves to be prepared for those situations. So we learn, you know, martial arts or we get into a position where we put our, we, we intentionally put ourselves into 
spots where we can get our asses kicked. Like, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing martial arts or if I'm doing fencing or something like that, yeah, you put on, you try to take precautions and everything, but your goal is to actually go out there and try to hurt that other person. And even if you're just trying to score points, you're the physical act of you being con conflicting with another person is something that most human beings tr are, are averse to. And so there's, and the reason for that is because we have this innate sense of self-preservation. So now you have to get past that self-preservation and that preservation is like, if I do this, I'm going to, I'm not only am I going to fail, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be ridiculed. She's going to go on Instagram and, and put my picture on there and tell all the girls not to ever have anything to do with me. I'm a creep, blah, blah, blah. And so you start thinking of all these things. And so those are the, those are the, that's the fear of, of that concept, fear of conflict, because really that's what you're doing is you're conflicting with another person. You're trying to, you're trying to convince that girl that you are, and then I'm not saying it's a physical or like a violent conflict. I'm just saying it's a, it's a conflict of wills. Like you want to get with this girl and hopefully she's into you. And then there's, there's a reciprocation there and you can actually go to the dance and dance, right? Instead of her just pushing you off and, and fighting you, which is what your, your subconscious believes is going to happen. And, it, and because now suddenly all bets are off. Women aren't exactly the way that you were led to believe by Walt Disney. They are what, Ryan and Carl and Rolla Tomasi said that they were going to be. So now you're now it's a whole different game and you don't know what you're getting into. So you rely on that instinct. And that's another thing. I think that's an obstacle that guys have to get over is that instinct to want a buffer, that instinct to to step away from the edge. So that rather than have the fun of of jumping in the jump in the bungee jump, you like you opt for the safety side of things. And I think a lot of guys are are taught that right now because I think most guys have a feminine primary education. So mommy says, walk on the safe side of the sidewalk. Don't take chances. Don't jump. Right? Where you know if dad was around, most most fathers most normal alpha fathers will teach their son the the uh the value of accepting risk. Whereas for women and mommies, mommies don't want that risk. They want that security. I, I've talked about this on, on, on dozens of, of, of occasions where I say that, you know, women, because they're the weaker sex, because they are the ones who have the most investment when it comes to gestation and, and, and nurturing children. And because, you know, our hunter gatherer beginnings, men had to go out there and take a risk. They had to go out there and try to kill the woolly mammoth, even though they might get killed by something else while they're out there. Women are around the campfire. They're picking berries. They're coming together. They're talking with each other. They're, they have a, a, hot, a better means of communication. So they're looking for security. Where in, in the tribe, the, the women folk are looking for the security, and that comes off in their evolved nature, whereas men are more risk tolerant. Women are more risk averse. Well, when you raise a boy in women culture, and by team, when team woman, when the sisterhood raises boys, it raises those boys to be risk averse. It, it, it raises those boys to be security providers and not to... Uh, not to go run around outside too long, um, not to, you know, uh, don't, you know, <laughs> don't shoot the BB gun, you'll shoot your eye out, kid, that kind of thing, right? So we have a gener we have actually probably several generations of boys who believe in that, that risk averseness rather than being risk tolerant. So I think that's another thing. And then, so what, what happens is that sort of locks in with our survival instinct 
to step away from the edge and don't take those chances and don't go out there or everything has to be in its perfect order. It has to be like I was reading this one. This is a really great quote. Um, Orinoco Wellington says, I can't start driving until all the lights along my route are green. Right. Everything has to be perfect for me to want to take that chance. I want to know that there's absolutely no possibility that I'm going to have any problem or I'm going to get me tooed or I have to know that all this, uh, you know what, life is risk and certainly going out with, with women is risk. And you think guys need to become a little bit more, for, first of all, comfortable in their own bodies. But all, and I don't mean that in the dad bod term. I mean like comfortable in their, in their own person. And they have to understand that it's okay. It's okay to take risks. It's okay to go skydiving. It's okay to go do those things because they, the fun is in the risk. And, you know, manage that risk as much as you can, but you still need to go out there and put yourself out there. And yeah, you're going to probably get rejected, but it's only a failure if you don't learn anything from it. Or if you say, fuck it, I, I tried that once and I, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that anymore. So, so I'm just going to sit over here and I'm going to go buy this girl's bath water because she's really cute and that's an easy, safe thing to do. And I can actually have some sort of comfort because I've, I bought some cute little anime girl's bath water. And so now, she got and now I'll, from, uh, and from now Instagram. I'll, oh, did she? And now I'll just be <laughs> a 27-year-old a, a virgin with a, a collection of girls' bathwater. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. She, she, um, no, I think they just talk about hate, haters in general. No, they collectively reported her account, but she's a female. She'll be back for oh, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. They, they can't keep something like that. Well, you know, I, I, the reason I keep bringing her up is because I heard this one podcast about this guy who was, uh, I, I don't know if he's a MGTOW or not. Uh, he might, I, I didn't get the impression he was, but he might be. Um, this guy was talking about but why. Was this be real? Was it anime footage? No. I could can, I can safely say MGTOW <laughs> no. then. Well, but like the guy was trying to explain why it is that. It, that all these guys would pay $30 a jar for this, for this cute little girl's bath water. And I saw, I watched some, I was like, who the hell is even is this? And I was looking at her. She's, they, she's got videos of her, like with those little ears and those little anime ears. And she has, I will give her credit. She had, she's got the hustle down because she knows exactly her market and she knows exactly what these guys want. And she does that kind of like, she talks like this and she's going, Oh, it's so sexy. You know that kind of like neuro linguistic whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, it is. ASMR. ASMR. And she's, yeah, and she's like eating like a raw egg, and she's just smiling the whole. And like if you, I mean, in any other context, you'd be like, ah, you know, you'd be like, you'd, you'd be scared of it. But like these guys love that because she looks like Sailor Moon or whatever the hell anime <laughs> that Aaron Clary could tell me what exactly what anime she, <laughs> she is. Um, but like when I look at that, and this guy was explaining to this, just why would guys pay? good money like $30 a jar for this this woman's bath water and then he says you have to look at the generation that's doing that and it's these guys who have spent most of their lives certainly all of their high school years and and a good portion of their 20s um isolated and i'm not saying like hikokomori isolated but just like isolated in the sense that they're always online and their only education when it comes to socializing when it comes to actually talking with people their only education is in the digital realm so they understand how to communicate with people, but they only do it like through YouTube or they do it through Instagram or they do it through whatever. And they never have that one-on-one -on -one, face to face. I mean, there, there's risk involved with just talking to somebody face to face. There is little risk to that. So you've got these guys who are like 26 years. And this is what he said. He's like, you got guys who are 26 years old and they're virgins and they're only understanding their only education with respect to, uh, you know, 
interpersonal relationships with women and girls is online. It's only like <laughs> we talk about. You want to talk about buffers? It's not just texting. It's the only communication I have with my friends, or the only communication I have with women, is by tapping on the on the keyboard. And there's never this, you know, there's never this face to face. And so she represents this ideal. She represents, I and mean, she, I mean, she's completely fake, and she makes a ton of money off of it and does it very well, but she represents an ideal, and that ideal is the living embodiment of that cute little anime character, whoever the hell that is. Um, and they even just having that one little bit of physical connection, because everything is, is taken care of for these guys. They don't have, like, uh, pornography um, accounts for their libido. Um, they can, you can work from home. You don't even have to actually interact with any, if you're a coder or whatever, you, you can, you, you can, you know, have your own private <laughs> studio or whatever, and you never have to walk outside the house. You can have everything delivered to your door. Um, it's like, uh, like ready player one. Remember the guy, oh, forget the kid's name He's living in the stacks, right? You never have to leave the stacks. I was Stacks. just going to say, say what you will about sex dolls. At least they cost money. Porn's free. <laughs> Porn is free. Yes. Yes. Oh, my and so, God. So, and so their their entire acculturation, <laughs> their socialization, their their understanding, like we have to, I've talked about this before, though, guys were like, um, I talk about the adolescent social skill set where people will get to a point in their social education and social maturity and they'll be retarded at some point. I mean that in the clinical sense. I mean, they, 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 it retards their development into something else. And so you'll get guys who become serial monogamous. That's why, like when I say, um, when I tell guys, you know, you need to spin plates, people like for, for that mindset, that is like an alien thought to them. Like I could never do, I, I could, but then, they, then they'll make up the reasons and they'll disqualify why you're a player and you shouldn't do that. But just the thought of having more than one uh, you know, interpersonal relationship with a woman going concurrently is like, they, that doesn't even, it, it never even enters their mind. Well, that's because they don't have a, a greater social understanding. They don't have, they, they're still stuck in that adolescent social skill set. So if you got guys who have like, this is what happens when guys, um, they marry their high school sweetheart or they knock up a girl at 18 or 19 and then they have to become the father and they have to become the, the, the husband, all of us, all of a sudden very, very early. Um, that stunts their socialization when it comes to understanding women. So you get a guy who's like got married at 19 and then suddenly he's divorced and finds himself single at about 35 years old. And he's still thinking that, the way that he interacts with women is how he used to back when he was he met his wife at 18 or 17 when they were in high school and so that stunts that that maturity that he would have gotten had he stayed single and had he you know moved into his 20s and understood how to deal with women and how to actually how to deal with men as well um and so like i i can pick that out really quickly um when i see guys who who are still reliant on that adolescent social skill set? I can I can pick out the guys that that never really developed past that because of the things that, what they're saying or why they're risk averse or things like that. But the reason why this girl is successful in that is because all of those needs are taken care of except for one, and that's the physical. They can't have that actual human contact. They can't have that. Even when you buy a sex doll, it's still a rubber doll and it's not loving you back. It's just, you know, you bang it, I guess, and put it in a closet and then you come back to it when you need to. There's no physical element that's going on there. And there's still that 
that human need, I think, for that contact or for that. Like, why, why do, why do incels, why don't incels just simply come to Nevada and pay me 500 bucks and I'll go get them laid at one of the ranches here? You know, they don't do that because they want that genuine desire. They want that genuine contact or that genuine connection with a woman. And that's why this chick is successful at what she does because she gives them just that one glimmer of hope. Like, hey, this water, it touched my ass. Here, okay, cool. Then, then they'll buy their, you know, they'll they'll risk their their relationships to buy ass water. <laughs> literally a thirst trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally a thirst trap. And so, like, but so that oh, gross. that's it's 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 interesting. <laughs> like when I was listening to this, I'm like, this is an education, man. This is an education of what's going on right now. And I hate to say it, but like, this is the this is the generation that my daughter is going to be entering into very soon. And see, like, my my daughter's number one complaint is that guys don't approach. Like guys, like even at, at the college that she's at, guys are very, I mean, she's, a, I think maybe a lot of them are intimidated because of her looks, but like she, she gets upset. Like the guys that actually make an approach, she is like, oh my God, a dude actually approached. Cause I mean, she's Royal Tomasi. She's my daughter. So she sees all this stuff and she understands like when I've talked to her about approach anxiety and all this other crap, I said, these guys don't want to approach you. Um, because they're, they're fear of rejection or they just disqualify themselves from ever even attempting to because they think that you're so far out of their league that they wouldn't even bother with something like that. Um, and even the good-looking ones will do that. Like they don't, you know, they're like, I don't know, hands off. I'm, you know, they have never had that acculturation or that socialization to, to say risk rejection. Go out there and make that risk. Well, yep. well I, too much ego. I, let's change the topic here, but there was a very interesting thing you said there about the social retardation of guys at an adolescent level. Mm -hmm. Here it comes. No, but that happens to exactly two types of guys. It happens to the guys you said there who are just socialized by the internet, but it also happens to the blue pill alphas. The guy who is so, he's an alpha and he gets that success with women. But he's also in that serial monogamous mindset. So even if he's divorced like three times over, he'll still want to kind of lock down and be in that marriage or in that long-term relationship. And he won't really spin plates. Yeah. And those are kind of the worst guys to deal with. Because, like I can deal with a chump where you can just tell him, well, you know what? She still won't fuck you. And he slinks back under his rock and uh, complains about you on Twitter. It's much worse to deal with a guy who uh, will fight you in real life and actually will do that because you insult him the latest honor. And those guys perhaps need help the most because at least the guys who are buying bath water, I'm more of a fan of bath salts, by the way, because at least on some there, there it is. There's the hook. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I've seen it. Fallen alpha types, they literally... They act, they act like the same as way women do, where they don't have to mature past a certain point of uh, social acuity because they've never had to. And all it is is it's borrowed time, one injury, one set of weight gain, one anything that loses you from that top apex amount of looks and charisma, and you're completely left at square one. The problem is then you tend to be 45 years old with nothing to show for it. And so the only response you tend to give out is rage. Because your entire worldview was predicated on people are normally like you are when you're six foot two Chad. And the problem with that is that when a guy's in the most need of help, he's at his most unattractive in behaviors. And so those guys self-destruct miserably. Like I've seen it in my house. That was my stepfather to a T. 
Yeah. You know, those guys, those are the ones who end up eating the bullet because yes. you know the guys who are sitting there, you know, bathing in bathwater, uh, they're never going to meet an actual girl and they're never going to get that punch to the face. But the guy who was Chad and suddenly has gone from being, you know, Chad to being El Bundy, that guy will uh, love to make out with the business end of a 45 ACP uh, if he gets one more hit than he can handle. And it's and those are the guys who really did make a difference, but they uh, they tend to accumulate a lot of damage from the way they live. Either be it sports injuries because you know contact sports are rough on the body, be it uh, taking on too much risk and getting hit hard in business. Yep. If it's you know getting married five times and you know hi, your wife hiring a team of black guys off don't be dot soy to banger while you're uh, pursuing your mission. Even the mm. ones that don't, that 20 years of stress to be able to get to that point, that takes its toll. Uh, you know, Sonny, I've had guys tell me that, like, the girl, whatever her name is, Daphne or Daphne or whatever the hell her name is, like, like she's, yeah, Del she's got some guy that is, like, pimping her, like, some yep. dude behind all it's of that. boyfriend. Yeah, her boyfriend is, and so... So either she knows the market and maybe she does, but he definitely does. And he knows what he can, you know, how they can make a shit ton of money because there is a generation of lost boy guys who, and, and they're getting older, uh, who are, are, are thirsty, like they're literally thirsty like this. It's the um, dude. Do you remember when the Tates were talking on that? Yeah. I was just about to bring, wrong? I was just about to bring up yeah. Andrew. He's like, yeah, it, it's it, the thing is, is it's so predictable right now. And I would think, and, and he, you want to know why I'm unpopular to a lot of people whose businesses depend on all this is because here we are talking about this saying, guys, you need to wake the fuck up. You need to, uh, get out there and improve yourself. That's why. That's why there's because if you, you're 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 attacking that market, that's one of the reasons why I think Rich is sort of unpopular in some ways because Rich is out there saying, "Do the work, get out there, become the best version of yourself." When he does, uh, when he does anything that is preventive medicine, like I like preventive medicine, even even the book, um, it's there to help guys sort of break out of being that kind of consumer. Because that's what these guys are. That's what that's what this set of guys who are, are unwilling to go out there and and do the practice and un, you know either they're afraid or they're just simply given up on it. That's why I think that the I I don't believe in the black pill, but I I think they understand the analysis. But their their solution once again is something that is going to be detrimental to themselves and ultimately detrimental to society, um, which is just give up. Don't do anything. You know what what's the point? Why you know why bother at all? Let's just go Nietzsche and nihilism and everything else. Um, you know, I think that you can live a better life if you have the proper tools. If you, the, how are you, how are you going to become the best person that you can be? How can you break out of this negative feedback loop? Well, you have to be given the tools to do that. So that's that was one thing I want to say. The other thing is like before we, before because we, we're we're coming up on two hours here, but I want to end at least by giving guys some sort of actionable advice here. Like, what can they do to start? to get out of the house, to get out and go into the world. And I mean, it's, I can say, hey, go read the rational mail, that's great. And people will say that even just like that knowledge changes their minds about things and then they start change, making it, implement changes in their lives. But I don't give 
I don't give 12 rules for life. I don't, I don't have like a formula. I don't have the cheat codes. I can't make you play in God mode, but I can give you the tools. But what are some things that these guys can do that will initiate some real change that they can use? Like how do they go out there and they use the red pill to improve their lives? I got a simple one, okay? This is what you do. First and foremost, all you guys listening to me, stop watching porn and stop jerking off, okay? This is gonna be a huge thing that will drive up your internal desire for sex. Secondly, what you're going to do is you're going to start going to the gym and lifting weights, not running, not cardio, not the elliptical. You're going to start lifting weights. This is naturally going to raise your testosterone level. Third, anytime you find a woman sexually attractive, you're just going to walk up to her, say hi, initiate a conversation, ask her on a date. Third, which or whatever number is next, you're going to go and – Ask the girl that you got her number from, ask her on a date, and then you're going to go on a date with her, get her life story, and then from there, you're going to ask her to go hang out at your place or her place and try to have sex with her. If you just do that, lather, rinse, repeat, you will have more success than 80% of all men out there, period. You change yourself up. That's for sure. You change yeah. your mind. I think. I think it's important for guys to change their minds about themselves, and that's that's really hard. They know they don't get to that unless they feel good about themselves. That's what's one main. Like people say, well, you want to go get get to the gym, and you need to put on X amount of you know uh, muscle mass or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I I hundred percent agree with that. But like also the 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 good feelings that come like the the endorphins that come along with that will change your mind about yourself. Go ahead. Okay. I would dick right on that one totally other than to add do all this stuff once and then find where your sticking points are and there's where you wanted to get into books and learn. So as you're doing it each time, you're performing an iterative loop. They call them OOD loops. Observe, orient, uh, D, uh, direct, and then act. So yeah, you walk up to a girl to go say hi, ask them on a date. Let's say you screw up stumbling your words. Now you know, okay, openers is my weak point. Then you look up a little bit of openers, try it again until you get better at it. Let's say you go to the gym and you realize you're lifting crappy girl pink weights and you don't know what you're doing. Well, there's your weak point there. You don't know what a workout program is, so you got to learn there. But you take John's thing, do it the first time, you're going to screw it up. Go screw it up as fast as possible, but pay attention to where you screw up and then focus on that until you stop screwing that up. And like you said, lather, rinse, repeat. After about 100 times of screwing everything up, you're going to stop screwing things up. You'll no. start seeing patterns too. You'll start noticing things. This is why I have razor sharp body language uh, understanding as well, because I've been on so many dates with so many women. I've seen the same patterns. So if you do things enough, you're going to start noticing patterns if you have a, a fraction of situational awareness. Right. Um, and that being said, man, dude, this has helped me. I've, I've made $70,000 in one month due to some of this information that I've learned from going on these, you know, from Matthias saying like, oh, 600 dates is a waste of time. No, you sitting there bitching on the internet, complaining about advice you're getting absolutely free from guys who are accomplished and killing it in the real world. That is a fucking waste of time. Right. You got a point. <laughs> well, uh, here's here one thing that when I'm doing coaching calls, particularly with younger guys, when I'm when I'm talking to guys who are they they might not be virgins, but they're 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 not getting the level of success that they want to see. Um, th a lot of them will say, "Well, in my area, um, there's only this kind of girl, 
Well, get out of that area. I mean, yeah. find Ooh. find some find a different venue. And this this goes. I, I think if I have some actionable advice, it's don't be domain dependent, because even blue pill guys can still get laid, but they do so because it's formulaic to them. Like they understand how to go from like point A to point B with a certain type of girl in a certain type of situation at a certain time of the night. That kind of thing break out of of that that pattern because what what happens is guys will be like well i'm like this or they'll 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 convince themselves that their personality is such like i'm an introvert or i'm a injf or whatever the fuck you know whatever imaginary bullshit they think like they'll they'll think about that and they'll they'll keep themselves locked into that understanding of themselves but that understanding of themselves is created because they're in a particular environment they're they're in a a, a cultural they, they live within a cultural theme they live within a, a a particular area wherever it is that they're at they'll say there's only one like if you're living in butte montana or, or wherever you know uh Coeur d'Alene, idaho you're not going to have the same social situations as if you were living as a 20 some odd year old person in South Beach or Miami, okay? There's differences in in the the, the women you're going to meet, their attitudes and everything else. So get out of those get out of those those domains that you are yourself dependent on and learn how to change that up. So like when guys say like, Oh, I'm, I'm into a day game and I, I, I like to pick up girls on the streets. Like, That's a tough gig. I mean, I, I, I look at that and I go, you know, with, with no loud music, with no girls hanging around or you're, and it's not a girl's night out, no alcohol, anything. It's just, you're just meet a girl on the street and you, you chatter up and you get a number. Maybe you see her after that or whatever. I know Krauser, Nick Krauser was the, the master of that for a while, a while. Tom Torero is another great guy, but then you, if you ask them, say, okay, what do I do at college? What do I do um, in my, you know, in my Bible study? You know, what do I do inside the club? What do I do? In, and then they, they, they can tell you one, one way of doing things because it works for them. And I think a lot of guys get stuck on what ends up being successful. So you get these guys who um, they become chubby chasers. They go, oh, I prefer fat women. No, you don't prefer fat women. It's just that at one point you were sexually successful with a fat chick and you see that as the easiest with well, the, 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 the path of least resistance <laughs> or I, I like, <laughs> I like single moms. They're great. You know, they try harder and it's like, well, if all you've ever had is a single mom, then yeah, I'm sure you have a quote unquote preference for that. Actually it's a fetish for that because that was sexually you know, productive for you in the past. And so you come back From to that experience. It's total bull by the way. Yeah. It well, yeah. And I, and I understand. And we know and I've, I've dated, I dated one single mother in my, my rock star twenties. So you're smarter than and, me. I did three. Yeah. <laughs> only, yeah. One once was enough and once was definitely yeah, enough. Same one. Once was enough for me. Same. Well, so, but so you need to, I think guy, first of all, you need to give yourself permission to be someone new to like, I think was in one of the 48 laws of power is um, don't accept the roles that society places on you you know act like a king or act like a king to be to be a king and most guys see themselves as one way and that if they try to act out in any kind of different pattern that makes them a fake or a phony or they're a poser right you're a poser the only person the only people who are going to call you a poser are people who already know you in the domain that you're already in 
So if you were to go for like, say you, you lived in quarterly in Idaho and you're like, you know what, fuck it. I need to change. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something different. And you move to South beach or wherever, and you start getting into that people, they don't know you from anybody else. You can suddenly you're an introvert in Idaho and now you're in Florida and now you're an extrovert and people don't know any different because they don't know, you know, people say, well, you're, you're going to manifest things that are in, in your, in your behaviors that are going to give you away. Well, yeah, but you still have to change your mind about yourself. You say, I am giving myself permission to go out there and to talk to girls. I'm going to give myself permission to be somebody different. And that's one of the reasons why I get so bent out of shape with these guys in, in Myers-Briggs and on and astrology and all this stuff where they want to peg people as certain personality types. Personality is not static. There are certain characters and certain personality traits you will you will have and you will care you'll hang on to because you're comfortable in those but it is not a state who you are now is not going to be who you're going to be like in the next actually year or to two years even Rolo, what's your what's your astrology sign i'm an aries that's yeah. such an aries thing to say yeah it is it's totally aries you know <laughs> you know only <laughs> only an injf would say something like that mm, yeah well so i'm just saying is that you need to Here's here's your actionable advice. Change your mind about yourself and break out of whatever the the domain that you are in right now and watch what happens. Like get out there and and even if you're it's funny because like you get these guys who who we, I mean we talk about guys who are LARPing, you know, live action role playing. Oh, do and we they ever? want they want to be somebody and we go, okay, who the hell talks like these and thous and churls and all this other crap? Nobody talks like nobody actually uses those words in churls in actual <laughs> in actual conversation oh, and so Lord. we look at that and we go oh you're trying to be somebody you're not well that's because we have a preconception of who that person is but if we don't know who that person is you can be it, it's like we are who we want to be on the internet we can say whatever we want to be unless people are like so one of the reasons i think people get really upset about um doxing is because you have this persona that you are when you're online and then you have this persona with you know with your wife and your kids or your persona with your family or your persona at work and they don't realize that those i mean there's some carryover of, of traits but you're you are actually playing different roles for different things that you're doing how is that any different you know why don't you why don't you play the role of a guy who gets laid like play the role of a guy who goes out there and 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 gives himself permission to go and and chat girls up and be you know in some way engaging Right? Why don't you go? Why just put go your ahead own and, girl in the bathwater and drink that water? Exactly. <laughs> well, and it's like like guys will say, well, you know, fake it to make it or something like that. Yeah, there is, but just make sure that you make it. Make sure that that ends up becoming something that you're like, like guys will always say that like, uh, what you call P PUA or game is is fake, man. I can't I can't hold that up. I can't be who that is. Well, once you've internalized that, once you've internalized the red pill, once you internalize your new understanding of intersexual dynamics you can't help but change you're going to change in some way because you're not going to see the world in the same way again god god knows MGTOWs and black pill guys those they're definitely seeing the world in a different way right now and they're reacting to it in a, in a particular way why not react to it positively why not use that to your benefit so go ahead carl well, to be honest with you Everything you guys have been talking about, well, I've been eating ice cream for the last 25 minutes. And by the way, <laughs> ice cream is a great way to get up your teeth or at least get some enjoyment out of life when it's uh, hot as balls. Yeah. And anyway, it's all about rationalization and lying to yourself. Like, And this is one of my biggest freaking pet peeves with this entire space and men in general. It's 
rationalizing your necessities as a virtue. It's taking whatever you can get and making that your goal. It's putting the cart before the horse, and the only person who suffers because of it is you. Because when you lie to yourself, other people lie to you. And every time you lie, you incur a debt to the uh, truth. And sooner or later, that debt hits you, whether that's a divorce, whether that's your wife or girlfriend cheating on you, whether that's waking up when you're 55 and realizing that you've been uh, sitting in front of your computer being the big man online and you're sitting there in a minimum wage apartment. No, it hurts no one except you, unless, of course, you get into life coaching and start telling other guys to do whatever it is you do. So just be dare to be brutally honest with yourself and to hold yourself accountable at all times. And it's not, it's not hard to do that. And it's not rough on you. It's actually easier on you than lying to yourself. Because when you lie to yourself, you end up, you have highs where you're actually buying your own bullshit. And then you have those lows when you get that hard hit that really makes it clear to you that what you're doing is lying to yourself. And most guys don't even realize that they're lying to themselves. They're perfectly happy married to that single mom or shoving that 12th cup cake into their fucking mouth. And live streaming it. Don't forget live streaming mm -hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It, you do you. It's fair enough. Like I said it earlier, I'm never going to tell a guy how he should construct his life. But don't live in a fucking... Don't live in a cardboard box and tell yourself you're a millionaire in a penthouse. Just be honest with yourself, because if you're honest with yourself about your situation, then you can actually start to take steps from, okay, this is my real situation now. This is the situation how I want it. And I'm going to start working in steps towards that goal. And that's why I like Quincy, the truck driver who's intermittent fasting, who's down oh, yeah. like now he's putting in the work and he realized this is not the guy i want to be and i'm going to make those changes and it's not that if you're living in bumfuck idaho right now and you're like the only two girls here is uh well there's a cat and a and a goat and that goat is really playing hard to get freaking move job <laughs> if you're if if you're sitting there and you you're out of work, well, start looking for work. If you're, and worst case in art, you can always be a life coach. That's always your escape plan. You can <laughs> take some nice pictures of yourself and start charging guys 300 bucks an hour for uh, playing uh, on Jemima or whatever the hell that chick or the advice column is. Like, <laughs> if Leo made millions bullshitting people over the phone, that could be you if you don't have other options. So there's no excuse for accepting a lifestyle that you're not comfortable with. And you know, the same thing with marriage. If you've been married 30 years and your wife hasn't touched you in 20, just divorce her. I mean, yeah, it's not gonna be great and it's gonna be painful for a period of time, but at least that way you can get laid again. It's like treating the longevity of a relationship as the only success factor mm. is stupid. Yes. It's like if I was in a relationship with a girl who stabbed me every three days while I was brushing my teeth, I wouldn't be in a relationship, but it wouldn't be a very good relationship. The only person benefiting from that relationship would be the fucking trauma surgeon. It's like yes. 
like figure out, you know, like John has his life. So like I'll never sit in front of a green screen in a bathroom podcasting all day. That's not the lifestyle I want, but John really enjoys that. Like this is about the whole, the whole thing is we can give you tips on how to move from where you are today to where you want to be in some years from now in an overarching macro. But none of us can, you know, take you out, run game with you, and coach you over earphones while you pick up a girl. Then when we, you take her back to your place, we stand outside with a fucking bongo drum hitting the beat so you don't fuck up the rhythm while you're banging her. I was going to say, <laughs> wasn't that a sketch on Ellen? <laughs> yeah. That's just the whole thing with it. Just figure out what the hell you want and stop having everyone else tell you. And you'll notice the one major difference between this show and most other shows on this topic is every other show has like, you have to be this type of qualitative man. You have to be this kind of God-fearing. You have to contribute to Westerns. If they're all giving you non-controls and none of them are asking what you want, all of them are telling you what you should want and why you should want it. And how is your fault for being a lazy cunt who hasn't done it already? And it sickens me. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you want and move from there. If that's, I don't care what it is, just figure something out and rent. Yep. You will only get good. You will only get what you have gotten if you keep doing what you have done. Yes, that's great because I, I, I think that's interesting because usually it comes down to a value call. It's a or judge, you know, a value, a judgment value, right? Like you, this is, you know, the reason that you are not living the life that you want to is because you're not, you have, you're not understanding, or you're not, you're not pursuing meaning, you know, you're not pursuing excellence, you're not pursuing, you know, it's like it, it ends up becoming a value call as opposed to like what can you practically do, what, where do you need to start, where can you, you know, like. John saying, go lift weights. Yeah, go do that. That's something that's actionable. Like guys will always tell me like, what's more important? Is it more, is looks more important or money more important or is game more important? And like, they're all three very, very important. Right. But what do you have the most control over of at this moment? Like if you went and you got yourself in shape, right? You, if you, if you were even within normal body weight for your BMI or whatever, you would be ahead of the game. You would be ahead of the population, Western population by at least 66%. Because so was it 66, 68% of like the, the, well, I know the U S population is overweight. If you were one of the guys that was not overweight, you have already put yourself ahead of the game at least by 60 some odd percent. You need to learn game. You need to, and yeah, I'm not saying that money is not important. It is. It's not the most important thing. You can still get laid without it, but it's like, what do you want to do? I think that's that, I, Carl, you really hit that one because I think I, a lot of guys don't ask themselves, what do I want for me? What, you know, I don't want to, one of the reasons I don't give, um, uh, prescriptive devi- or prescriptions is because I can't get inside your head to find out what it is that would be best for you or what you want. People have so told this to me and not just people in the red pill, but like I've had people just even outside that I know, you know, from other, you know, social circles will say, I want what you got. How did you get it? How did you get a woman like Mrs. Mrs. Tomasi? How did you have such a, a, a gorgeous daughter? And how, how come you have such a great relationship? How, how is your family? How I want, I want what you got. How do I get what you got? I, I don't have an answer for that because I'm, I know how I did it, but I don't know how you can do it because I don't know you. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your domain is. I don't know what your culture is. I can give you the tools for you to figure out 
what it is you want. And I can give you the tools to at least point you in the right direction. But anybody who's telling you, I've got this, this, this list of things that you need to go down, or I've got a, um, I've got a belief set here that if you follow this, you'll have the perfect, you'll have the perfect life. You need to decide that that comes out here and that comes from right here. You have to figure out what it is that you want to do and what the direction is that you want to go. Use the tools to get you there, but you are the one that needs to give yourself permission to make a change, change your mind about yourself, and then decide what it is that you want to do in the direction that you want to go. All right. Uh, we are at the, we're actually past the two hour mark right now. This has been a really eclectic show. I think this has been really pretty good. Um, I definitely want to talk about vetting, uh, when we have rich on, I think he's going to be on middle, uh, not next week, but the week after I think is what he said. And so I want to, I want to make sure that we have rich in for that one. Cause that's going to be a, a feisty show. I can tell, <laughs> uh, we might have five guys for that. If John, if you want to join us on that one too, you can. Um, I, I kind of want to keep us at a, at a maximum of five Four four seems feels about right, um, for this. So, um, anyways, uh, what do you guys got going that you want to let everybody know about before we close? I'm going to, uh, be on the Raj Patel show today at, uh, 4 PM Eastern standard time for the Raj Royale. If you guys want to come vote for me in the chat, uh, interview with the band Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is when I do my free daily call-in show for all you guys that are crying about, oh, you got to pay consultation fee. Come come, leech data for free. The phone lines are open. Right. Literally, and I, will, I will help you out with the uh, the play-by-play -play for at least one of those things. Dude, let me, I mean, I need yeah, help we'll, we'll do that again. again. We'll do that again this week. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to be on it literally in, uh, I mean, Eastern Time. It's like, what, one? 46 right now for you guys are so in like mm -hmm. two and a half hours i'll okay. be on on the raj patel show i'll link it in the chat but come support me come over there and support me guys will do ryan what you got going on me i'm going on with jack napier tomorrow for his morning Ooh. show i think that's seven or eight can't remember the book we're talking about but i like being surprised that way it forces me to remember what the heck i just read that'll be the big one and beyond that i'm sick i want i want a break so uh leave me alone for a couple yeah. days you know where to find me right <laughs> carl what's up well, I just created a, well, I put out my regular weekly essay, by the way. I'm noticing my view count is a little low. I'm guessing that's because of the weather has been really nice. Yeah. And guys are getting out there and trying to get laid and drinking instead of, you know, sitting at home eating cupcakes and reading my shit. Mm. Uh, I also started a Facebook page, and I have a Facebook account now, thanks to Ryan forcing me into the Mean Girl section. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know what? We also have a Facebook for Rule Zero now. Thank you, Ryan, for initiating that. Thank Rich. I was fighting it tooth and nail, but he says that's where people are, so get over there and quit being a Well, person. and that's good, and we need to have some sort of centralized place so people can find out when the next show is. So that, yeah, if you haven't already heard, we have a Rule Zero Facebook now, and you will find out who is hosting and when. So, uh, yeah, so I'm also in that group. That was the end of it. And uh, I'll be doing uh, Rule Zero with uh, Ryan again next week. Look forward to another great rant once we determine the topic. And Ryan's promised that he'll uh, step up his shirt games because I really can't work with him. The same White Henley and this show is like, it's like Ryan's version of Rolo's beating. <laughs> I have yeah, I have multiple white Henleys. I love it. We need to, I, we need to have like Hawaiian shirt episode or something like that. Let's do it. Uh, I got uh, plenty. 
Yeah, we have bathrobe. We need we need bathrobe episode at some. When point. I went on the masculine geek, all the guys had bathrobes and sunglasses. I felt honored. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. So, um, what I got going on? Uh, I'm sorry. Were you done, Carl? No, I was just going to say that if we're going to do a bathroom episode, we should do the uh, hashtag she still won't fuck you t-shirt episode. Maybe yeah. <laughs> put that on a red red ball cap or something. Yeah. <laughs> Make red hats yeah, great we should again. Red hat. Yeah, we should do the red hat episode. Um, what I got going on is uh, I just, uh, excuse me, John Hawkins just made the link available for um, my interview with him where I was talking about a lot of the misconceptions of the red pill. Go ahead and check that out. Look at my feed for it i'll i'll put the link in the uh the description here too i think that was pretty good and i think people really the problem is is like the people that i really want to read that or to listen to that are probably people who wouldn't even bother anyways but if that's your thing check that out um i also did an interview it was only a half hour interview with aubrey huff and i don't know if you guys are uh, familiar with aubrey he is a he was a former major league baseball first baseman or something like that i think he played for the san francisco giants um, but he's got his own podcast um, going on, and I went on for about uh, for about thirty minutes with him uh, this week. Once that becomes available, I'll put that out there. It was a sort of a quick hit, get to know you kind of thing. I will probably go back on with with Aubrey again at some point. Um, good dude. And uh, of course, I am always on with Pat Campbell on Friday mornings at uh, 9.05 Eastern AM. Uh, that is uh, uh, AM 1170 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can also find the link to uh, that live um, from my Twitter feed, or you can go to Pat Campbell's Twitter feed and you'll find it there as well. Um, also tomorrow, I will be uh, on doing uh, Rational Mail 101 with Pat. I don't know what our topic is going to be as of yet, but that will be tomorrow at 4.30 Eastern on this channel that you're watching right now. Also, please subscribe. Please pass this on. Pass on this URL. Post it wherever you can. Um, if you are a supporter of this show, um, the ways to support it are all in the uh, the description below. Um, if this has added any kind of value to your life, that would be much appreciated. And even if you don't want to make a financial contribution of some sort, uh, copy the copy and paste the link in your Twitter. Put it somewhere. Tell some people about it. Um, we're are we're only semi monetized. Uh, we're only yellow light monetized. So. Um, Please, uh, please spread the word. Also, if you haven't done so already, I could really use a good positive review on any of my books on Amazon. I always throw that out there. So that's the easiest, quickest, cheapest way to support the show. And with that, um, we will be back on again this time on Saturday, I believe. Um, we need to have we need to have John host. John, can you host this on your Twitter channel? Can you host Rule Zero? When? Uh, next week. Yeah, let's do it. Saturday? Okay. John will John will be hosting next week. Watching him calculate how much sleep he won't get. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah we're good. <laughs> we'll have we'll have John host next week. And Take so, one for the team. So, so check out so ch check out John's channel. If you haven't subscribed to anybody on here, uh, please do hit the like button. I have not said that once during this entire podcast. Um, and just to let you know, your support is much uh, appreciated. Um, I guess we will be seeing you guys soon. Uh, I, I have a new post. Go check it out. It's called Heirs of the Blank Slate. And with that, I will stop the broadcast. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.